0: And welcome to Choco Disaster, I'm Chorpsaway, And I'm Jordan. And we're here to do a little review episode and tell you what we thought about the spring 2016 season of anime. A
1: a one-of-a-kind venture for us. Something we've never done before.
0: It's never been done before.
1: Breaking new ground.
0: Yeah, no one's ever reviewed the spring 2016 season of anime. I
1: I think even with that caveat, that's probably not true.
0: (laughs) Damn it! You're right. But uh, yeah, we're here to talk about the shows that we kept with, the shows that we maybe dropped after the halfway episode, and just kind of uh, our final thoughts on what this season of anime was. But before that, got some news for you. Whoa. Uh, We got a a, a few quick things that I wanted to go over, um, just in terms of like uh, acquisitions or um, licensing things that happened in the meantime.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: First of all, uh, Funimation having picked up D Gray Man Hallow also picked up the second half of the original D Gray Man run.
1: Most of this is coming out of AX, right, Anime Expo.
0: A lot of this is coming out of Anime Expo. Okay. And uh, and things surrounding that. All right. So Funimation picked up the rest of D Gray Man. Not known when these episodes will go up, subbed, but uh, it will probably be after Hallow is at least started.
1: Yeah. That's, that's a lot of anime. Episodes, yeah. Right? yeah. Yeah. Okay,
0: uh, My Hero Academia has officially gotten a second season, cool, which it announced at the end of its thirteenth episode. So that should be pretty exciting. No notice on when that'll be, All right. but they do say that it'll cover the Sports Festival arc and that it will be sometime later. Okay. Um, Blue Exorcist got a new TV anime series announced. That sucks. Out that came out of Anime Expo. And that just seemed like a weird thing. That was, that wasn't, was it um, 2011, 2010 something?
1: No, I think Blue Exorcist was like, there was one last year, I think.
0: I don't, maybe a movie? I don't think the TV show was.
1: Oh, I don't know. But I think the manga only ended recently.
0: It actually ended?
1: I think so, yeah. Okay. Could that, I might be confusing it with, uh, what's the other one? Two Star Exorcist. Exorcist? Oh, Twin
0: Star no. Exorcist. Yeah, that, yeah, I don't know. That just aired and is still airing and has oh. like 50 episodes. I don't know. Okay, but Blue, the, uh, Blue Exorcist just seemed weird because it seemed like it had been forever since it was at all relevant?
1: I guess fan demand is just that strong. Uh,
0: uh, man, uh, Can you blame him? I, probably.
1: I, I've only ever read a blurb on the back of another manga volume and it sounded pretty lame.
0: Okay, I don't know. This guy's got a sword. It's on fire. That's wow. kind of cool.
1: <laughs> I'm enthralled.
0: <laughs> and he looks like that dude from Green Day. <laughs> which one? Uh, Billy Joe Armstrong. Okay. Imagine Billy Joe Armstrong, but he's a vampire and he has a sweet blue flaming sword.
1: But does he have a shadow that walks beside him?
0: Uh, I can't tell he's jumping in this picture. <laughs> oh, okay. Either way, so that's that's what I know. And um, Attack on Titan second season, yep. which two years ago was announced for this year has been pushed back to spring 2017, but it's happening. Oh, well. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, after after they put so much work into Kabaneri, they got to push this back a bit. <laughs> I mean, they it's... Man, Wit Studio, though. Wit Studio turns out, like, kind of small. I think they said that, like, the last episode of Kabaneri uh, used, like, their entire staff. There were, like, 24, like animators and like multiple directors on all sides it was weird it's like everyone put in everything for that
1: i think that's pretty normal for studios nowadays don't have like a lot of they don't have a lot of in-house people anymore mostly hire freelancers
0: i guess so that makes sense um and then we talked about this last time is uh level five's the snack world which we considered is it real mainly But they they announced that it should be happening, or, like, more news will come from their own, like, event thing that they're doing. The Level 5 okay. Vision event or whatever. Right. But they're planning to show off characters and the CG animation because they're planning to do, like, all of their things. It's going to be a game, mobile game, TV show, merchandise, the whole The whole, the whole I I feel like they've just... Besides Professor Layton, this has been their thing: is to always try to build a popular multimedia franchise.
1: Yeah, which always strikes me as really sad in a way. It's weird too that you always want to create something that's gonna be like a, that's gonna be market extremely marketable
0: instead of wanting to create something that you want to create. I I don't even know. I wonder if it starts out as here's something we want to make, and then they try to figure out how to market it. Maybe because, like with Inazuma Eleven, I feel like that's one of those things that it would be very difficult to say that it was just made for marketing.
1: Inazuma Eleven, I think, yeah,
0: Yokai Watch definitely Yo-Kai gives Watch, off that sort of vibe. I think the way yeah. that they've presented Snack World gives off that vibe.
1: Snack yeah, World, I especially, know. I think Yokai Watch and Snack World are definitely their two most corporate "quote unquote" franchises.
0: Right? Like Nino Kuni definitely isn't, but that's no. just a game franchise. Yeah. And also, it, it's the CG is weird, mm-hmm. in a way. It it seems very, like... I mean, I guess this is just a thing, but it seems very Western in how it's animated and everything. Okay. So, I don't know, maybe, maybe it is trying to go for more of a crossover appeal early, instead of something like Yo-Kai Watch that comes over here late.
2: Yeah, alright. I
0: don't know, but that's that. That's that. Um, some film stuff. Uh, apparently, the live-action Akira movie is still trying to happen. They're still trying to get this thing made. Yep. And they've considered most recently, uh, Fast and Furious Justin Lin for the director. Uh, which fast? Like the first one? Um, I think he did. Uh, which fast? At least the most recent couple. Okay,
1: he. Okay, okay. So then he probably did five, six, and seven would be that's, my guess because those correct. were really similar.
0: Okay, that sounds okay. I think okay. And he also did, I think, the last Star Trek movie.
1: I don't think that's right. I think Justin Lin, I think. I think those are both J.J. Abrams. Hmm. Maybe. But It could be. He, uh, it could be. I'm, I'm not sure if J.J. Yeah. Abrams did apparently the they
0: Apparently, at some point, they had asked the Mad Max director, George Miller, to do Akira, which I think that would be super cool. You can't tell me that guy isn't an anime. But also, this thing has been, like, in existence since, like, 2010. Like, yeah. this has been trying to happen for so many years. This has been in development since Akira was still relevant. God damn- But yeah, it's like, this thing, one day they're gonna make it happen, god damn it, and maybe they need Justin Lin to do it. (laughs) Yeah, it just seems like a weird thing to just keep like, oh, nope, we're definitely doing it. And speaking of, the Death Note film just got a bunch of news. (sighs) Yep, okay. They are localizing the shit out of it. Uh Uh-huh. So, uh- they have decided this is going to be American. They've decided, I as far as I can tell, to just completely cut the Shinigami out of it. Ryuk, oh. is that right?
1: Yeah, Ryuk, yeah.
0: As far as I know, they just haven't cast anyone for it, and I don't know if that means they're not casting anyone for it.
1: Well, I think, other than two story elements, uh, Shinigami are mostly mostly pushed off to the side, so I think you could still work with that. Okay. I think that's fine.
0: Because we have Nat Wolf playing a man named Light Turner.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's better than calling him Luke like they originally wanted to. Yeah.
0: And uh, they have the guy who played Snoop Dogg from Straight Outta Compton, Keith Stanfield, playing L. Mm-hmm. It's just like, it's so weird. They have a couple other people on there, like some dude from Boardwalk Empire is playing someone related to Light. It's just, it's a weird thing. But I think... If you're going to use a bunch of white people for your movie, this is the better take than, like, the Ghost in the Shell thing. Yeah, just, where keeping... you just like Yeah, just like, yeah, it's going to be American. Because it's not like Death Note was super Japanese, in a way? Uh, Death... No, no I don't think so. Why, why would <laughs> or, you say that? Or I guess it doesn't feel like it was, like, it had to be in Japan for it to still work. Besides the existence of the Shinigami. Uh... N- but again, I haven't seen much of it, so I don't know how accurate I, I, that is. I don't
1: think so. There's like uh, there, there's a pretty big story arc that sort of relies on Japanese corporate culture to work. Okay. But, but I think everything could be reworked into like an American setting pretty easily.
0: Especially if they have to cut it down to movie size. Yeah. So, I don't know. Maybe.
1: I think the funniest thing out of this is that of the three main characters that we know the actors for, none of them are their original race. Because Light, yeah, cause is, not, yeah, was, Light uh, is a white person, uh, and mm-hmm. L is a black person. Because L L's was but- white, right? Uh, no, L was Japanese.
0: Oh, he was also Japanese? Okay. Uh,
1: either that or white. I'm actually not sure. His name is L-Lolite, so that doesn't really help matters. Nope, it doesn't. But then his butler, or his assistant, is played by a Japanese person in the movie, and in the original he's an English man called Quillish Whammy.
0: Oh, and now he's just Watari. Yeah. What the fuck?
1: Well, Watari is his code name, but his real name is Quillish Whammy.
0: But still like, Yeah. It's so weird. It's so backwards. This whole thing is so weird. Cause when they when they officially start announcing more characters and they're like, we're not gonna tell you what their character names are, it seems like it was immediately obvious, oh, they're going to do some localization-ass shit going here. Yeah. Like, not like as soon as they announced that someone black is going to be in Death Note, it seemed like it couldn't go any other way. Because there's not... There are there, no black characters. There and, are no
1: core black characters in Death Note. No, yeah, it's... and
0: if you're going to announce someone in your movie, it's going to be a core character.
1: Yeah, definitely. So,
0: yeah on the other side with animated movies. Okay. Um Kyo- is doing A, a Silent Voice mm-hmm. as a movie and apparently all of the theatrical screenings of it are going to offer subtitles for the hearing impaired which I guess if any movie is going to have that I guess it should be A Silent Voice. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. If if you're going to be accessible to anything I guess it should be the story about a deaf person. Yeah. Yeah, nice. it, it, it was just something that came up, I was like, oh, you know, that makes a lot of sense thinking about it, if you're going to do it for one movie. Yeah. You know? Um, then, in uh, four-year-old news, oh. uh, <laughs> Bleach is nearing its ending. Oh,
1: good. <laughs> I, I Finally, the thousand-year blood war <laughs> took
0: as long as the name of, of the arc. So in 2012, final story arc announced yeah. that it's starting. Now, uh, Shonen Jump Weekly has announced that they know when Bleach is going to end. They know the number of chapters. <laughs> that doesn't help. But they have refused to tell people. Uh, like, they were like, oh, there's only this many more chapters, but it basically just is, like, redacted instead of the number. Great. And it's great. like, well, I guess at least they know when it'll end. I I they would only
1: do that if there was still a decent amount of chapters left, I think.
0: Like I it could maybe make it to the end of the year as my opinion, yeah. but not make it into 2017. Uh probably not. I feel like there's just no way they could justify that. No. Cuz Bleach has still been at the bottom of the rankings for uh Shonen Jump Weekly, right? Yeah, pretty much all the time at the very bottom. Yeah, so I just I just can't imagine it going on much longer.
1: The other day I had um I was, I was hanging out with a friend and for whatever reason I started singing the first Bleach ending. And he was like, Whoa, is that the Bleach ending? <laughs> and then we had a little moment about that. Uh, and I thought it was funny because, uh, we b- b- bonded a little bit over the nostalgic notion of liking Bleach, <laughs> even though Bleach isn't over yet. <laughs> it's
2: been so long.
1: It's been so long. It's been so long. It's been a thousand bloody years.
0: So, uh, I thought this news was kind of funny. Okay. So this is, so there's, like, a a Japanese short story contest between, like, people who do, like, light novel, um, publishing and stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. And, like, as, as magazines and different things just, like, for upcoming writers. Yeah. And so they do contests occasionally for people to get, you know, like, money and kind of recognition for their work. But because of the, um... Abundance recently of people traveling to alternate worlds, and in particular fantasy game style worlds, uh-huh. they have banned that genre entirely. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, that's you can amazing. you can still do fantasy, you can still do drum, you can still do whatever, but you cannot transport to an alternate world.
1: <laughs> I guess that I guess they I guess they did that to weed out all the dot hack writers.
0: God, oh, god damn. Oh, it's good. But yeah, I just thought that was really funny. That is incredibly (laughs) funny. Like, of all the things, be like, no, we can't have this anymore. (laughs) This is where we draw the line.
1: Our judges literally can't read this anymore, or they're gonna die.
0: (laughs) In some Crunchyroll-related news, first of all, I feel like this is a huge surprise, because this is the sort of thing that I feel would never, ever get picked up, if Uh it weren't for its writer. Is that Crunchyroll is streaming Thunderbolt Fantasy, uh, which is Gen Urabuchi's fantasy martial arts puppet show. That, that looks he's really doing. good. It's this, it's this Japanese Taiwanese like crossover thing that he's doing, and apparently this is something that he like has pushed for, is him making a puppet show. Yeah. And it's just, that just, I guess, baffles me in a way because i never realized that this was like a big cultural thing especially in like taiwan what puppet shows yeah yeah totally yeah i that just i, I that just never crossed my mind as like a big thing and then seeing this one it's like oh we got to pick it up because it's gina it's just like huh and maybe that'll be worth checking out it's just like it just seemed like such a weird thing i'm gonna watch it okay and then um, Crunchyroll also has decided to get into the um, the merchandising business, kind of yep. as a more direct attack on Funimation because they're having a war. Yeah, but um, they've decided to start doing home releases and um, dubs,
1: which is weird because before this they sort of had like a like a not not an underhanded but sort of like a a, a handshake going on with Sentai, right?
0: Yeah, and they still sort of do. Sentai still does their own things, but they're um. They're specifically grabbing certain series for release.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, probably like Big the Order. yeah probably the biggest one of which is Cabinery, which Amazon has streaming rights to, but I don't think had any other like distribution rights. No, probably not. So they took that and they're going to dub it and release it. And things like free season one, which is super weird, because now free season one is going to be entirely Crunchyroll. And season two is gonna be entirely Funimation.
1: Oh, that's that is weird.
0: I wonder if huh. they're gonna to try to get the same voice actors to do free season one, or if it's gonna be the weirdest fucking series out there. On, on I release. hope not.
1: Maybe we can get a version where the the little dude doesn't sound like a mascot character.
0: Maybe, but it, it that just it's just so weird. It that is, is weird. Just so weird to me as the idea. And then they've also got like Berserk. They've already got the rights to. Gintama, which I don't know how they're going to dub or if they're going to localize the hell out of it or whatever, and just things like that. And it's like, they're very slowly getting into this business, because I think the only other thing they had any rights to for that is um, 5 centimeters per second. Uh, Well, they dubbed JoJo's as well, right? Whatever happened to that? They didn't... No, they didn't dub JoJo's. They got exclusive rights to stream the dub of JoJo's while it was in production. Okay. And that still hasn't seen a release. Okay. Yeah, we still don't know what's happening with the Part 3 dub. Part 1 and 2 already came out, but Part 3 just... Oh, right, I forgot
1: about the Part 2 dub that was horrible.
0: Yeah, because they all have accents.
1: Yeah, because they all have bad accents. Yep. Yep. It's all coming back to me now.
0: Yeah, now you get it? Now you remember? Yep, I do. All right. Um, One last piece of news is that apparently uh, Vampire Hunter D is trying to come back. Whoa. Uh, so they... They announced last year that they're going to try to do a new animated thing. Okay. And now they just launched a Kickstarter to get a comic run done of like an unpublished short story in that world by the original author. Okay. Which has already hit its goal. Which oh, just cool. like Vampire Hunter D. I feel like was just gone for a long time. Like, it that was. was just, yeah. That they, was just the thing the that anime, just kind of died. The, yeah. the second
1: anime. Yeah, Yeah,
0: so they've got the new anime they're working on, and now they have this comic run that's happening. I mean, that's kind of cool for fans of that. It's like, more things are coming out, and it's new. The fact that this particular comic run is something that's new and no one else has seen is exciting. Yeah. Even if I'm not into that particular series.
1: Uh, Yeah, I'm not a fan either. I've read a lot of the early books, uh, and they're pretty bad. So I guess it, it gets better later.
0: Isn't it... It was illustrated by the... Was it illustrated by the Final Fantasy dude?
1: I don't know about that, but... I that, feel like they had I, a I very similar it.
0: style.
1: I believe it, yeah.
0: Yeah, but, I mean, I assume that whatever comic group they have doing this is not going to be that same person.
1: That's a shame, but... Just just not. from
0: the, like, in-progress stuff that they have on here. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That seemed neat. That seems kind of cool. All right. Oh, wait, I actually had one thing left over as well. Okay. Uh, from Universal Studios to Japan, the first 4D CG experience of Dragon Ball Z. Wow! So 4D. Uh, if you're not, sh- if you're not up on the technology, one more first than of all, 3D. It, yeah, one more than 3D. Uh, you get to travel through time. It's weird. Whoa! No, it's um, you get 360, 3D CG animation, and you feel all of the like shocks and like splashes. Basically, you feel all the wind and stuff as it happens in that 360 area.
1: When you get- when Cell gets cut in half by Krillin's blade buzzsaw attack, you get <laughs> You're, cut in half for real. The blood gets all over your face.
0: Yeah. No, the blood gets all over your face. Okay. You're not Frieza. I,
1: I'm pretty sure that's not how Cell dies, but-
0: Yeah. I also, that Cell's not Frieza.
1: Time. Yeah, that's true.
0: Or are they? Maybe that's like the whoa, big... Whoa, whoa, whoa. maybe that's the big reveal. Of, Isn't Cell uh,
1: made from leftover things from Frieza, or is that someone else?
0: I think that's something else. He's
1: definitely Frieza comes from...
0: back a lot.
1: Oh yeah, he's definitely made from cells of some other important person.
0: Right. I don't remember. It's been a while since I. It's been a lo- a long time. Yeah, for me as well. Oh, <sighs> those were the days. Back when anime used to mean something. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> Not like today
1: where anime means more. Not like today where episodes go at a proper pace instead of watching Goku p- put his hands in the air for 10 episodes and a <laughs> will freeze and tries to figure out what, he- what the hell he's doing.
0: I'm going to tell you right now, I made a really big mistake. I typed into Google Cell and that was it. I forgot to type <laughs> in <laughs> Dragon Ball Z so I learned about a 2016 movie named Cell. Is that I a remake about- of
1: the Tarzan
0: one? I don't know. And then I learned about uh, cells from biology. Uh, I'm going to look this up real quick because now I'm bothered. Okay. He contains DNA from Saiyans, Namekians, and whatever Frieza's race is.
1: I think they're called... I don't think they
0: have names. It's listed on the wiki as Frieza's race.
1: Oh, the planet's called Frieza,
0: right? (laughs) Which is also my favorite uh, marathon to run. (laughs) I think the planet is called uh, Frieza, or that's just like whatever the filler word they used for it was. Anyways, that's exciting. Yeah, Uh, sure. That's enough news, though. There's some good news in there, though. A lot of stuff is coming out of Anime Expo, just in terms of like comic acquisition and stuff. Yeah, As I think told you before, like the they, um, someone picked up the the firefighter, the seven C's
1: I think, or six C's or something like that.
0: Yeah, but the but the Soul Leader guy's newest comic is bitten, picked up uh, a comic that's based on the aftermath of the tsunami that caused that nuclear power plant to explode in Japan. Got picked up at the uh, same time. Oh, that's neat. Which was a weird thing to see back and forth. Is like one is a live, a live, you know, like a a proper depiction of what it was like cleaning up this nuclear power plant explosion, and then right next to it is like goofy firefighters. <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, what else got picked up? What
1: <laughs> big order?
0: Oh, you're right. And like Viz picked up uh, Dragon Ball Super and Gundam Thunderbolt and stuff. Just so much coming out of... And then Yen Press picked up all the good stuff, like Big Order and uh, Raka. Both the Rock of the Six Braves novel and manga. Oof. (laughs) Oof.
1: Anyways. Next up. Next up. It's time for our brand new segment.
0: Yeah. It's called... Oh, wait, no, you actually do have a real brand new segment. I have an actual brand new segment. So you um, came up with this segment, and you, you're like, I'm have a, going to pitch this new segment to you because of how mad I am. And, then and I thought it not, was good.
1: And then you're not going to like it, and then I'm going to force it in anyway.
0: Right, so uh, tell, tell everyone what's
1: going on. Okay, so a little background. Uh, four, five seasons ago... A little show came out. You might have heard of it. I might have mentioned it once or twice. It's we might have mentioned it.
0: In fact, we may have given it some of the most prestigious awards known to man. Source confirmed
1: on that one, but that is possible that that happened. Yeah. Um, and that was uh, licensed for the West by Funimation. And now, a year and three months later, they still haven't put out Blu-rays for it. They've and dubbed it. They've
0: dubbed it. They've got the rights to it, I believe, I for guess. distribution. Uh, they refused to comment on it. We've rem- we We figured that out. Yeah, we've, I reached out to them
1: multiple times uh, to multiple different areas of the company asking when the Blu-ray is going to come out. And Including
0: Mr. Funimation himself.
1: Yeah, that's right. Ed Funimation. Uh, and nobody has anything to say about when...
0: <laughs> they're they're very vague about it. Like, we just we can't talk about that at this time.
1: Yeah, we're glad you're supporting this show, but we can't tell you about it. So... I get it, right? Getting shows ready for a Blu-ray release takes a long time. But there are other shows that have come out that came out at the same time as Death Parade or have come out since that are getting Blu-rays before Death Parade. And that makes me really upset. So in this new segment that I've labeled Death Watch, I'm going to list every single show that Funimation is putting out on Blu-ray before Death Parade that came out after Death Parade.
0: To, to to make sure everyone, so no one gets worried, we're not going to repeat the same ones over and over. It's just if any new ones get made. Yeah. Yeah, so we're not going to say, you know, the same one every show. We're not going to say Haruhi Suzumiya over and over. No. Just okay, so you know. here can't... we go.
1: Number one, uh, Amero coco both yep. seasons.
0: Which, that I guess that's a little bit easier because it's a short. Yeah, I guess so. You could probably fit both seasons on one Blu-ray.
1: Yeah. Number two, Maria the Virgin Witch. Number three, here's one I know you'll appreciate. Uh, Mikagura's School Suite. Ah, hella. Yeah. Uh, number four, The Disappearance of Nagato Yuki-chan, which is, they're putting up at the same time as their giant-ass, uh, Melancholy of uh, Haruhi. Yeah, because they they got set. the
0: rights to put out... Haruhi on Blu-ray, again, with the dub and everything, and have just put it all together. Yeah. Because I think they're also putting out all the movies in that same group as well.
1: Oh yeah, that's right, Disappearance is in there too. Mm -hmm. Uh, All one movies. Kekai Sensen, or Blood Mm -hmm. Blockade Battlefront, Uh, this one really gets my goat, Absolute Duo, (laughs) and Shonen Hollywood Season 2.
0: And that's it for now. Tune in next time for more Death Watch. I think we can all agree, for the shows that we've seen, none of them are better than Death Parade. That's right. Messed up, man.
1: It is messed up. The only th- the only guess uh, I have as to why this is, is because... They hate you, personally. That, that, okay. <laughs> you keep asking. I have two guesses. I have two guesses. That's number one, uh, the most likely of the two. Number two is that the original Death Billiard short was produced using government funds uh, in Japan. So I wonder if there's maybe some kind of weird tangled right situation. With oh, that might be. In that degree that they, maybe they can't put it up for d- profit in other area-
0: areas? I don't know, but there's a French bourree. But they wouldn't put out the death billiards, would they? Well, they I, might just put out the series, because Funimation doesn't have the rights to death billiards, I'm pretty sure.
1: I assume that the intellectual property rights for death billiards would and death still still parade are tangled, yeah. Okay
0: it might be but th- it's been released in other territories
1: yeah that is a very tenuous uh, guess at best i yeah but it's the only thing i can come up with
0: other one is that the, all the files of like got caught in a fire
1: yeah but specifically <laughs> had, only those files they had all the frames printed
0: out on paper <laughs> and that building burned down <laughs> right cuz they've just been playing it through a projector for the blu ray yeah <laughs> oh what a what a mess what a mess Because you know what? It deserves a home release. It's really good. It does,
1: and I want to support it, and I don't want to buy the Japanese Blu-ray, because I don't want to support the practice of putting extra garbage I don't want into the Blu-ray to inflate the price, because I really don't like that sort of thing.
0: For the most case, Funimation has been really good about putting out minimal Blu-rays. Yeah, but quality Blu-rays, nonetheless. Right, but just like Putting them out so that most things can fit onto one disc, except for Helsing Ultimate for some reason.
1: Okay, that comes that it has like three different Blu-rays, right?
0: Th- no, that has like five
1: because each of <laughs> them has
0: three to two episodes on well, it. Well,
1: uh, Helsing Ultimate episodes are forty minutes.
0: Okay, that's okay. That's closer to fair then, but still,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: But still, they're also still sixty dollars.
1: Oh, okay, that's mm, that, that's maybe a little toe in the line then. But, for example, like Sentai Filmworks have the tendency of only releasing one sort of version of an anime. For example, uh, mm-hmm. Nozaki-kun. Okay. Uh, Nozaki-kun. They released just one big-ass version that comes with all these feelies and extras, and it's like 80 bucks. And the dub. And I don't want any of that. Just give me the Blu-ray subs. If you want to put a dub in there, that's fine. I'll pay like 10 bucks extra for that. That's okay. Um, but I don't want posters or, like, character cards it's Enjoying a Rock and a
0: Yusha one was the same. Yeah, Where it could it was like well be. There was, like, a $100 version, and for a while, that was the only one you could buy. And then eventually they're like, I guess you could just buy the DVDs, too, if you really want. Yeah. Anyways, that's been the start of our new segment, Death Watch.
1: Yep. Tune Look in next time. N-
0: next time for, for other things that Funimation have Funimation puts
1: out two. the Blu-ray for, like, I don't know, D- High School DXD Season 2. They already did that, actually. <laughs> Fuck. Yes, please, Season me.
0: 3. <laughs> Oh, no, they can't because that dude got arrested. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Well, there's one... I can think of somebody
1: else (laughs) in Funimation who deserves to be arrested.
0: Is the person who's not putting out these Blu-rays. Yes.
1: That is guilt by association.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Anyways. We like to have fun on this podcast.
1: Yeah. It's hard because we can't watch Death Prey on
0: Blu-ray, but we try. Right. So... Now we'd like to get to the portion we like to call reviews. Well, what's it about, Chorps? Well, we're going to look back on all of the shows that we watched in the last season Mm -hmm. and review them.
1: Well, except for the ones that we dropped.
0: Well, I mean, we'll still talk about them. Okay. Well, we, we only talk about ones that had something happen between the uh, mid-season episode and now. Right, yeah, that's what I was trying to say. We wouldn't talk about Bungo Stray Dogs, because neither of us picked that up afterwards. But we would talk about all the other stuff, so let's do Actually, I do
1: want to talk about Bungo Stray Dogs real quick. Because I see that you
0: watched the first half of episode
1: four. I I watched a little bit. I was was considering uh, maybe trying to finish it today, but I just didn't have enough time to watch, uh, like, seven episodes, eight episodes. Um, But I watched the beginning of episode four, which had a recap of episode three. That sort of helped me remember all the, like, violent, <laughs> fucked-up stuff that happened in that episode. <laughs> uh, because I, w- I didn't... Uh, my memory wasn't very clear when we did the mid-season uh, video. Right. So, it, within, it, within the span of, like, 15 minutes, uh, someone gets violently gunned down. Uh, are these to... all main characters, or are these just background music? These are I'm pretty curious. important characters. Okay. These are pre-established characters. Okay. Uh, this new, so this new dude shows up, like, a trench coat-ass-looking boy... He, his assistant guns someone down in, like, a very bloody and violent way. Um, two people get chopped in half, someone gets choked out, and someone gets their leg cut off.
0: Jesus Christ.
1: Yeah. And then the episode before that, they were just having fun in the office trying to stop some some guy <laughs> taking people hostage. And it turned out oh, it was just a joke. We were just getting you. It was a goof. It was a, it was a guffaw.
0: We were, we were trying to trick you into thinking that someone was going to blow you up. Something blew up, (laughs) alright. Your interest with the show? Yeah, you got it right. Hold on one. But we're starting out with a show that renewed your interest, at least somewhat. Well,
1: you renewed my interest. Hell yeah. Yeah, good job.
0: It's Joker Game.
1: It's Joker Game.
0: This game's no joke. Joker Game, I think, once it got past that initial hurdle of introducing the characters, became a very good spy action sort of series. Yeah. Because it it takes a lot of different... It basically takes all the cool parts you think about Spies and just turns all episodes into that. Uh, well, there's they're no... Not, they're not well, all like,
1: cool episodes, I well, think. Well, no, but,
0: like, there's no real fluff, if you will.
1: Okay, yeah, okay. There's no downtime.
0: There, yeah, there's not the parts going from mission to mission. You just see the mission. Yeah. And so I think that's what I mean. is like They distilled it down to only the coolest parts of the, like, the spy movies. Yeah.
1: And there's also no, there's no, um... With the exception of, like, three episodes, none of the stories are really connected together. So there's no, there's no downtime trying to, like, sort of interweave what the different characters are doing into one coherent narrative.
0: Yeah, only occasionally do things tie in from episode to episode. But a lot of them are very self-contained, and I think that works really well, too. Um... Yeah, okay. So, past episode 6, we had the the introduction of the the Wind Agency, which was a two-episode thing. Oh, yeah. That was I thought that was a really cool couple episodes. That
1: was a, th- those were two good episodes, yeah. And I think those were may have been their own book because the third those two episodes were called Double Joker, and that's the name of of, of the second book in the Joker okay. game series.
0: But uh, that was really cool because it was a it was a showing of how Yuki's group the D agency the main one <laughs> works compared to this other one created by military people yeah and i think the way that they show the difference in how they handle things was really interesting it was yeah cuz the military guys is like a lot more willing to like kill people and kind of establish themselves that way and things like that, like, very much more into kind of nitty-gritty sort of, like, it's totally cool to kill, and if you need to, commit suicide. And while Yuki's thing is, like, don't kill unless necessary, don't get caught, don't die.
1: Yeah, because I and, think it's pretty early on in the show they established that the worst thing a spy can do is blow, their, uh, is blow his or her cover. Right. And then with this, like, uh, this competition between the two agencies they show... ...that the military agency doesn't really care. Like, they consider their spies highly expendable.
0: Yeah, and the whole thing is like... ...whichever one does this particular mission correctly... ...is the one that's going to be supported by the government.
1: Yeah, that's going to be the A-team.
0: And the the guy who runs this military one is super mad... ...because Yuki's like, I don't want people from the military college... ...to be my spies. Because they're just not going to do what I want them to. And the dude gets mad and starts his own spy agency... (laughs) And it's just great because, like, the first episode is a whole bunch of setup, and then part two, everything starts to come together. Because there are so many, like... In the other ones, it's like, because it's one episode, there aren't as many, like, hints and, like, teasers towards sorts of things. But then in Double Joker, it gets a lot of that, and it's really cool.
2: Because,
0: like, there's just a bunch of stuff that happens in that first episode that comes back later. And, like, the one on the cruise ship was cool.
1: Oh, I actually didn't like that one very much. You didn't like that one? No, I feel like- I like- Okay, so you uh, I think the setup was too cheesy. Like, the idea that this guy, uh, that the villain, gets caught because he's really into crosswords and wouldn't realize that he's being played, I find that really hard to swallow. Okay,
0: that's fair. I like, I guess, the tone of it. Uh, Yeah, it has a good tone. I appreciate that all of the episodes seem to have a distinct tone. That's a big thing for me, is like, I mean, not in a not in a, like a one to one comparison sort of, but the same way sort of Death Parade plays with multiple emotions in its characters. This plays with different. Yeah. This plays with its own different set of emotions and situations that really helps keep things fresh.
1: Yeah, because it's a different. Uh, it's it's situations with different levels of tension every yeah. time, and that's what like, makes I, it different.
0: I really love the one with the the episode, episode ten, the British dude who gets caught. Oh yeah, I mean, that,
1: that was a really good one. Yeah. I
0: really like the episode because at the end, like all of the other endings, there's been some kind of like somber tone to it or like something kind of bad has happened, it feels. Yeah. But with that one, it's like this dude got caught and he can't go back to being a spy. But because of the way Yuki works, it's like they they don't kill him, they let him go, they take his information and let him go back to his family and he leaves and he's better for it. Yeah. He seems happier at that point, and that was super cool.
1: That was a good episode, even though it also had, it had a similar problem where it it set up the wedding ring thing really heavily. Yeah. So it was obvious that that was going to be a big deal. Although they did did twist it in a fun way in that they made it seem like the wife's wedding ring was going to be the important one. And then it turned out it was his wedding ring that was important.
0: And I think, and that's a way to like, that's also a thing that's really nice. Like, both parties are like, we're not going to harm his family sort of thing like yeah. she's not part of it don't get her involved it's, and that i think there's a weird emotional core to it that nothing else really add to it that just helped that episode stand out
1: that was a that was a really good episode i think my favorite one um was actually probably the the final episode i'm not sure if it was the final episode but the one with the um with the nazi officer
0: that was 11 that was the one where the guy dies so first of all i'm shocked okay. that they killed someone yeah, and I mean, it doesn't. Ultimately, it, it doesn't is, yeah. matter. They're not. They're not exactly characters, but it was still like, wow. And the, I think the best thing about it was, it was just an accident. It turns out this dude just died in an accident. Like no yeah. real spy espionage to it. And that was the
1: main. That was like the character that got top billing, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And
0: and most of the story ends up being about Yuki, the commander. Yeah. Because episode eleven is all about. Someone who was a, like a German soldier during World War One, who had caught Yuki and Yuki escaped from yeah. comes back and suddenly realizes that this D agency is connected to him and he tries to get this information from the dead spy.
1: Yeah. And, and it's sort all, of this, yeah. It's, oh, it's all about how he, how this Nazi officer is so obsessed with the one that got away. That he's basically been, like, crying wolf about it for two decades. Right. And now that when it finally is that person who is messing with him, nobody believes him. Because he yeah. couldn't let it go that whole time.
0: Yeah, and so, and I think it's just great because it turns out that, like, right under his nose, like, he loses it.
1: Yeah. And for such for such a silly reason, too. I love it.
0: Yeah, and it's like the guy came in for the other guy who was dead in that hospital room. It's like, oops, just yeah. totally forgot about that guy. And then the last episode, it doesn't resolve.
1: Nothing resolve. I was actually surprised that the yeah, last episode I, was no different from any of the other episodes.
0: Yeah, i I was thinking about that a lot. It doesn't resolve, but I think at some point I realized... It didn't have to.
1: Yeah, it doesn't matter, because they're not going to, like, the main characters aren't suddenly all get together and, like, catch Adolf Hitler or anything like that. Yeah,
0: things just happen as they always have. And I think yeah. that's sort of the story is going for, is, like, they bring in one more spy who, like, realizes by the end, he just can't do this, like, emotionless sort of thing that they're all asked to do. Yeah. So he leaves the agency and everyone else goes about their work. Mm-hmm. And... I think that was I think that was pretty good. That was pretty great. That was pretty good, yeah. Um I really liked this series. I really liked it too. It had its it has its it has its stumbles and its failings, but I think overall, as a spy action thing, it is fantastic.
1: It is, yeah, it's super good. My only real complaint uh with it is that I think it it had trouble setting things up properly because mm-hmm. there's uh there's the crossword thing which is kind of weird and then there's the ring thing which is set up way too heavily but then for example uh, at the end of i think it's episode 10 or it's at the end of the two-parter um right. the thing that makes it all fall apart is that someone gets caught for having a coin that has no value and the only reason he would have that is because military men holds uh, a lot of like personal emotional value to that coin and that is not set yeah. up at all, and they just put it in there. And for something to resolve based on something that the audience doesn't know is that is not a good way to end a story. I think.
0: And I think that a lot of the other things that go on there do have it, like the fact that this kid that they're like getting information from and trying to drug and kill is actually a spy from D agency. Yeah. Kind of thing. There are there are good points, but I definitely think it falters when it tries to do more of the mystery part of it.
1: Yeah, and I, I'm curious as to whether or not that's an adaptational issue or not.
0: That might be because again, they only have so much time, and they're trying to adapt full stories. And who knows how long they were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it it was good. I was good. I really enjoyed my time with it.
1: Me, me too. I'm glad I picked it up.
0: Yeah, I I think it definitely starts off in a weird way, and I think it's funny to see. You say that like, oh, it got much better after it got past that hurdle. And I saw such a bigger opinion of like, I really wanted it to be a group thing and not this singular sort of episodic thing. Yeah, because I think it worked a lot better as the episodic thing. You don't have to tell a narrative of World War II. People know what World War II is.
1: Uh, one thing I actually really liked uh, that's sort of related to this is that at the end of uh, the first episode, or not the first episode, but the first episode after I picked it back up, <laughs> so the episode three, um, the main character goes into a, a confessional, but it's fake. It's where he's going to get his next uh, operation mm-hmm. or whatever. And then they that's when we find out, or that's when he finds out that Japan has joined the Axis powers. Yeah. And it's we know as viewers that that's a big deal, because that's what has because uh, you know, Japan joining Germany is what put them into like a state of decay and misery for decades afterwards and like put them under control of the U.S. But to this character, it basi- it basically means nothing, and he has no reaction to it because he doesn't he doesn't even live in Europe, so he doesn't even really understand how bad the axis is.
0: Yeah, he's kind of like, "Oh shit we're going to war yeah but that's about it
1: yeah exactly and that's uh, that's that's good i'm glad the writer had or the writers or whoever was responsible for that scene had the uh had the insight to play it off like that
0: yeah and i think a lot of the other stories are kind of like that where it's like there, none of them are like super significant in a way that changes how that war happened or tries to romanticize or anything it's just these are the things that would have happened in espionage kind of thing.
1: Yeah. And they're all really straightforward, too. Because I remember this is something that I think Future Friend was worried about, that uh, they were going to slam a lot of nationalist overtones into it. And there's not. There's none of that because everything is just presented as um, – basically as, as a historic document where whoever won doesn't matter. Because yeah. no, no one's ever really – the villain there are villains but no one's consistently the villain like in the fight in episode 11 the villain both the protagonist and the bad guy is this german officer but the fact that he's a nazi doesn't really matter in the grand scope of things
0: yeah it could be anyone yeah just like in like i guess maybe in episode four the the one in china um like i guess that may have ties to what it was like in china then Oh, yeah. But realistically, it could have been anyone.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I think for for that one, it makes sense because in that episode, they're so close to the top of the government. Yeah. Th- that they have to place someone as the the, the overpowering the, the, force.
0: Right. But then you have, like, the, the train episode. Yeah. And the that train was, episode is just, a really like, good one. he he has to get information back from someone who killed an informant. Yeah. And, like, it doesn't matter that he's Russian. I think it's Russian. He's Russian, yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. But like that sort of stuff, it's just it's it's really cool in that way. It's really cool, Joker yeah.
1: game, and it looked good too. It looked so good.
0: <laughs> the one thing I noticed though, when it came up, that you're like, uh, was the fucking British dude
2: <laughs> from the oh, episode
0: yeah. where the dude gets captured? Well,
1: yeah, that there's a there's a man, there's a British uh, torturer, basically who um, looks. Like what you would expect a stereotypical. This man is British. You have to tell from as soon as you see him, but like way exaggerated too. And I think
0: it's really funny because no one else comes off that way. Even other British people. No. It's literally just that man. Yeah. Like they they show these people are Chinese by giving them darker skin.
2: Mm-hmm. They
0: show these people are white by giving them you know like blonde hair. Yeah. And then the, this dude has this fucked up bulbous
1: head. Well, that's not true. Uh, the the Germans, like the Nazis are pretty, are the ones that universally have blonde hair, which makes sense.
0: But and that, then most but of like, the
1: English people have brown hair.
0: But there's still like, it, there's a distinction to it that's weird that they just gave this dude the weird bulb.
1: Yeah. Heart. So I guess he was just supposed to look weird. Maybe he's a real person that also has a notably strange head. I don't know.
0: And they just like exaggerated it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, who knows? Uh, one other thing that uh, really bugged me with how bad it looked, or it didn't look bad, but it just stood out so much, uh, it was the CG chess.
2: Yes! It reminded yes. me of the
1: second Pokemon movie where the guy's playing, <laughs> like, the board game on his giant airship.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah!
1: Uh, it looked... It didn't look bad. It actually looked better than most anime CG because it was sort of doing its own thing with like these really detailed textures, mm-hmm. but it was just so strange because it's just the one thing in the whole show that had that sort of thing going on.
0: Yeah, it still stood
1: out. Yeah. And it was, the chess was always CG, even if it was like a far away shot where none of the pieces were being moved. The chess board's still all CG and it was so strange. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's Joker game. That's Joker game. This is good. Production IG putting in work again.
0: Yeah. Uh, Next up, Ace Attorney. Uh, I forgot to bring this up last episode, but I'm sticking with Ace Attorney as well. Yeah, and it's ongoing, too. Yeah, it's ongoing. It it was just one of those weird things, I guess, I forgot, because the way that it cuts the season up, they have finished the first game. Yeah. And it was just like, oh, there was a finality to it that I forgot that there was more (laughs) going on.
1: So it might as well be two separate seasons that just happen to be going back to back.
0: Realistically, yeah. Okay. But, um, because Ace Attorney, it tells the entire first game now. Okay. And more or less it's the same as it was six episodes ago or seven episodes ago. Is that it is very faithful mm-hmm. and it's only kind of gotten better with how it deals with animation, I think as they recognize kind of their budgetary limitations.
1: Yeah, based on what little I've seen, it does look like it started to look more consistent at least.
0: Yeah, and like it tells the stories in a way that you still get a you know, enough emotional output from it that you feel for these characters. And they're definitely, right. like, adapting things so that it makes sense for an anime, whereas the visual novel didn't have to do those things. Mm-hmm. So there's a part where um, Miles Edgeworth—I'm going to use the localized names, I'm sorry—
2: but uh, Miles <laughs> Edgeworth
0: has to break in to the head prosecutor's office in okay. order to get back some evidence that he's hidden.
2: Right. And in
0: the game, they just wipe this off as, like, oh, he does it during the break,
2: hmm.
0: uh, in between— but that break isn't long enough for him to do it. So what actually happens in the, the anime is that while he's going, they have um, Larry Butts, the, the sidekick dude, dress up and do his hair like Miles Edgeworth and just <laughs> pretend to be him. And basically he just becomes in contempt for the court for like a couple minutes while Matt Edgeworth finishes up.
1: That's good. That sounds, that sounds like a gag though, being Ace Attorney itself.
0: Yeah, and it's really funny. It's just like, oh no, I'm totally Miles Edgeworth. And this one's like, you're gonna go to prison. And it's like, oh no. And then Miles Edgeworth shows up just in time. And like, (laughs) it's, it's, there's just like really charming changes that they made to it. And like some of the animation stuff that they do that just like, it really helps add those little touches that make it stand out as an adaptation that were really rough to start. That's nice. And um even the end of this season, now that they're taking a week break, is that they they adapted a part of the story that never got explained really. It's like this is always referred to, but we never see it, and we got to see it animated, and that was really nice. Okay. Which is when Phoenix Wright, uh Miles Edgeworth, and Larry Butts all become friends as kids. Cause they always talk about how like it's Phoenix Wright became a prosecutor because Edgeworth helped him out as a kid to, because his, uh, everyone in his class was bullying him for, and like saying that he stole something that he didn't.
1: Oh, right. Okay. And
0: so they do an entire adaptation of that short story where they become friends and Edgeworth's father dies and he goes off to be a, um, a prosecutor instead of a defense attorney.
1: Okay. And that's only ever been, that's only ever been mentioned and never actually a story that's been told.
0: Yeah. We only saw the part of the story in the class where he's like, Hey, stop. Attacking this dude without evidence. Okay. But this gives, like, they become friends and they bond over this, like, like basically Edgeworth is a no nonsense sort of dude and sort of Larry and Phoenix just like help him become like a kid for a little bit before he kind of gets really depressed because his dad dies. Oh. Like, they, they bond over this dumb, uh, traffic light based Sentai TV show that they all decide to watch. And, like, they play, <laughs> they play games where they're acting as each one of them. And like, it's, it's, there's just a really charming thing to that. It's, Ace Attorney has gotten a lot better and I'm really glad for what it has become. That is good. And it, I'm sad that they're, they, they're losing the bonus case at the end of, uh, the first game. Cause it has some really charming characters to it. But I think once they get to the second game, that's where things are gonna start to like pick up as more interesting because also, there are a number of things in the second game that are just completely different depending on English to Japanese. Oh. Like, there's there's this weird portion at the beginning where in Japanese it definitely doesn't happen this way, but in the first one... But in uh, in the English adaptation, the localization, um, Phoenix Wright gets uh, gets beat in the head at the beginning of the game, so that he forgets how to be a defense attorney. So that explains why they give the tutorial <laughs> again. And that's not what happens in the Japanese. Okay. I don't remember what it is, but I wonder how, what's going to lo- what that's going to look like in these in this adaptation. It's just
1: they're just gonna but put yeah, those no. subs in there and hope nobody notices.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, people got. Oh my god. My, my also other favorite thing about Ace Attorney is watching people get so mad about the locali- localized <laughs> subs, but only because the, um, the, the quote subgroup that takes just straight up Crunchyroll's video and puts subtitles on it is using the localized ones. So all the people stealing this anime are extremely mad. <laughs> and it's like, well, maybe pay some money. Yeah. You How fucks.
1: about stay mad?
0: Yeah, I think mean, it's just so funny. Like, someone else goes in and rips the subtitles that use the non localized names just for this, and all they do is bitch <laughs> and moan every week. It's so good. Ugh. Oh. But yeah, I like Easter Turn. Cool. Uh, next up Jojo's. Jojo's. Part
1: four, part one. Yeah, so
0: we finished the first arc. As it were,
1: everything up to the first appearance of Kira.
0: Yeah, so we we have we finished all of um, Red Hot Chili Pepper.
1: Yep, we got the bow and arrow back.
0: Yeah, and then we also got an extra episode of the Invisible Baby.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh yeah. <laughs> is it good? No, but um, yeah this this continues to be a very like interesting and stylized um version of JoJo's. I've, I've really enjoyed what they've done with it.
1: It's, uh, it, it definitely looks really good so far. I think this is the first time that they've really managed to make the visuals look clean consistently. Because part one and part two were, you know, a little rough, a little
0: low budget maybe, I don't know. Um, it definitely feels that way since they're, since they were packed into such a weird like, 26 episode sort of format. Yeah,
1: that's true. Um, and then part three looks fine, I think. But this is above and beyond.
0: Yeah. And let's see what what ha- what has happened since the last time. It was um, it was the there was the puppet fight. Yeah. It was Yukiko. It was the um, much loved Italian food.
1: There was Italian
0: food. Which there was I don't red hot like. chili peppers, and there was the invisible baby. Yeah. And yeah, it's just like. I feel like this has continued to be Maybe the best part of JoJo's And maybe because it's the most recent But like outside of some of the Some of the occasional weird Stylized things with like the noses Or like the dumb shoes that you keep bringing up Yeah It's like it definitely feels like They've tried to find this style that At once is good in animation And still evokes sort of a Rocky style
1: Uh, I don't even know if it does that But it definitely looks good because it, it definitely doesn't have that element of uh very heavy, like, crosshatch shading and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, it's true. I mean, like, but it definitely feels still like there is there are a lot of, like, touches that are only there because they're sort of a rocky thing. Like the weird waffle iron top to uh Josuke's
1: um It, it does have popador. that, yeah.
0: Yeah. But, like, these... uh Yukiko, I think, was done really well. A lot of that stuff, it's, like, not sure how that's going to animate. Like with the hair, especially,
1: they really messed up on the on the hair in the drink shot. It didn't look near nearly anywhere near gross enough.
0: Yeah, some of them didn't look gross enough, but I think the <laughs> the effects came off regardless. I'll tell
1: you what did look gross enough. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Okay, also stomach exploding because he ate too much spaghetti.
0: <laughs> no, his stomach explodes because of the lamb.
1: Oh, you're right. He eats too, he eats too much
0: lamb. Yeah. Yeah. Th- <laughs> put, put, in the, put in the for the video
1: version, unless I make it. Uh, put in the part where Yos uh, Yosuke tells him to stop eating spaghetti, and he makes a face because he can't stop eating spaghetti.
0: He just keeps licking the spaghetti. He not even think he. It's like he never eats it. He just keeps licking. It. Oh, it's too spicy.
1: huh.
0: Uh, and then they made those. He just makes a lot of gross faces, and <laughs> I think you pointed out that Iraqi definitely has a weird thing for gore and horror. He has
1: a weird, like, borderline s- sexual like, Saw-style, uh, af- af-
0: affectation for gore. He definitely really likes to... When he wants to make something brutal, he will make it brutal. Yeah, and it, it, it always feels
1: weird because JoJo's is not that type of series where that feels at home.
0: Maybe early on, when it was a lot more Fist of the North star?
1: May yeah, but even then, it's always had this, uh, this sense of, like, cheese and lightness to it that uh, I always thought it was really weird.
0: I think stylistically, it made more sense, especially as things have gotten, I guess, more beautiful in a way with yeah. his character designs, mm-hmm. that it sticks out a lot more, and maybe that's why he keeps doing it. But it's it's kind of weird. But it starts to, it definitely starts to become less common as
1: this as the series goes on.
0: Yeah, I feel like in this part, I can only remember the gross stomach explosion sort of stuff from yeah. Okuyasu, and it doesn't really pop up later.
1: Yeah, I, I haven't read Part 4 in a long time, but I know Part 6 barely has it, at the very least, so. so...
0: There's that weird Chili Pepper part where he's, like, melting in the water, and that was really gross.
1: Oh, yeah, that was that was a little weird. But, I mean,
0: that's, that's a different thing, I think. Yeah. Chili Pepper, I think, was really well done. I was kind of surprised it wasn't three episodes. Yeah. Because I expected it to be the end of the season instead of um, The Invisible Baby. But, again, it's been a while since I've read, so I don't know what else is coming after that. I guess it makes sense to start the season with Rohan, though, because now yeah. Rohan is going to continue forever. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I've, I've seen, like, screenshots of it. We haven't watched that episode yet, but it Rohan looks like Rohan. He's in there. He sure looks a gross spider. <laughs> <laughs> what a weirdo. He is a weirdo. Yeah, no, it's, it's continued to be really good as an adaptation, and just, like, there yeah. are some really great moments. I wasn't a big fan of the remixed opening that they used.
1: Yeah. For uh, like
0: the and it was like just for Yukiko and Italian food, which was weird too. Oh, didn't they keep using it after that? Mm-mm. Okay. They brought it back for some reason. And then I think for this next 13 episodes, they I think they're having a new OP and ED. Okay, that's good. But it it just seemed weird that for 3 episodes in the middle, they just dropped in this EDM remix.
1: Yeah. And it wasn't a very good one either.
0: It was a B-side to the to the actual single yeah. of the OP. Yeah. And I just thought it was weird that they used that and for no real purpose, I guess. No. Yeah, and it doesn't, I don't know, it, I guess it didn't evoke a similar feeling to me that, I guess, fit the series. Yeah. Whereas, like, the funk, I feel like, maybe fits more of, like, kind of the flamboyancy of a lot of the colors and stuff.
1: Yeah, the yeah. The EDM I, just I can... didn't really hit me. I definitely agree with that. I just think it was um it, it was basically the same song just different instrumentation. So yeah. it didn't really do much for the for the song either. So it's not like, "Whoa, it's different now." I think if if you hadn't mentioned it, I probably wouldn't have even noticed.
0: Like I think if they had changed up what the opening looked like, they could have done a lot more with it. Yeah. Cuz they had to still hit all the cues cuz they wrote so many cues into the opening. <laughs> yeah, they did. And that's not a problem. No. But it makes it hard if you're going to try and remix it.
1: Yeah, it just made this thing they tried to do not that special. But it was still it, fine.
0: Yeah. I mean, I didn't dislike it. It just was like... I guess it just felt ultimately unnecessary. Yeah. Yeah, that was cool. Diamond, Unbra- yeah. Diamond is Unbreakable is a good part.
1: It, it, it's pretty good.
0: Uh, and I'm honestly excited to watch, like, Rohan and Josuke just, like, be assholes to each <laughs> other.
1: You said earlier that uh, this is good as an adaptation, and that's a, a caveat that I think is interesting, because I agree with it very much, because here here Jordan comes again, ruining everybody else's party by saying JoJo's is maybe actually not that good, because it still has problems. Um, and the biggest problem, I think, that still remains from the first three parts is that fights are won based on parameters that the audience never gets to understand. Do, to a degree, yes. Do you get what I mean?
0: Yeah, I get what you mean. Because, like, they always talk about ranges of stands.
1: There's that. Um, and
0: that only becomes important because there are things that are outside of it. Otherwise, it's like they never bring it up. The hand is still a power yeah. that's very difficult to understand.
1: There's that. But then there's also, for example, uh, when they have the fight with Chili Pepper at the dock, at the docks, yeah. uh, where uh, the fight is won based on steam pipes that are under the ground. And the fact that those steam pipes are there is not established until it becomes important. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, that's just... Um, I, this would be fine in a regular shounen battle manga, I think, but for JoJo's, which is presented as being very cerebral, uh, I think the fact that every fight is basically won through narrative cheating is very cheap.
0: And I think there's a cleverness in a in t- to some of those fights because of that. I think the fact that they can find these like loopholes to beat them is like clever, like it's, how they ultimately beat Chili Pepper and end up in the water where he dissipates, like yeah. that, that sort of stuff very clever, very interesting, or, like, how, um, uh, how Koichi gets to use sound in the fight against Yukiko. Yeah. And, like, because at one point it doesn't work, but then there are the other points where it's, like, it's very creatively used.
1: Yeah, but I think, I think that would be clever if, if, if if any of that was ever set up, which it almost never is, and that really, okay. that real that bothers me a lot, because I, it, um, it really just did, um... It just completely destroys my my sense of immersion. <clears throat> or not my immersion, but my investment in fights. Because the, the uh, resolution never matters, basically. Okay. And that's a shame. And that is something that the series does get better about. Uh, and I think one thing that starts getting good in part four is just... Um, characters never do something for reasons that don't make sense anymore. Uh-huh. Uh, which they do in the first three parts, I think. Uh, characters do things based on reasons that probably make sense for Araki, but not for the audience, which is like a, an, an amateur writer issue. And he gets better about that.
0: Yeah, because I think, especially as, like, powers become more abstract, yeah, it suddenly becomes more of a thinking game where the characters have to really consider what goes on in a fight. Yeah. Like, I think the way that they handle... um the the puppet fight in a way is a precursor to that yeah totally there's a lot of very cerebral stuff that goes into the puppet fight where like they have to think out how they're going to solve these particular problems and it actively happens like you hear chosuke going ah, oh, shit what do i do i'm going to get the fucking stabbed in the eyeball if i don't figure <laughs> something out and he figures something out and i think that's that is early on one of the best implementations of that sort of thing
2: yeah totally and that
0: and as the Powers get weirder, I think that gets better because suddenly it's like, Oh, it is a puzzle because suddenly I only have a punch man, and there's a whole bunch of weird ass shit going on, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, still pretty good, i I yeah. like it. noism Break breakable is nice, and uh I'm excited to see how it goes on further, yeah, especially as they get into some of the weirder stands, like um uh, not to spoil, but like the 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 big fight Rohan has, yeah. He yeah. has one big moment and it rules. <laughs> <laughs> you know which one I'm talking about, right? I know what you're. T- yeah, yeah. Uh, that I, that's just cool. That that's is- a cool power. And Rohan is sometimes okay.
1: <laughs> yeah, sometimes there are times when I think, Oh, sure,
0: Rohan I, can stay. Yeah, yeah. Rohan is a butthole, but sometimes he justifies his his being there <laughs> or yeah. being at the Louvre. But yeah, so that's JoJo's. That's JoJo's. So what's next up? Myoiga. Next up, I... God, I hate Myoiga. I...
1: Before anything else, give me the synopsis. What happens in these next six episodes?
0: Well, I want to I start out. I want to under... I really wish I could be anyone else, because I feel like everyone else gets it, and I don't. Like I feel like this entire series is a joke on me at this point, <laughs> because there are people who genuinely like it. Mm-hmm. There are people who like it ironically. Yeah, and there are people who genuinely like the garbage that it is. like. It's like they think it's like they say it's a parody, and that's like it is playing on the expectations of B movie horrors by being like a C movie horror that plays with all those tropes. I just can't understand.
1: I understand liking it ironically. That is fine. Um, I understand liking it thinking it's a parody, even though I don't see it that way and don't think that that's true. Um, I don't understand liking it from a completely straightforward horror perspective. Because and I want, I want to be
0: in the mindset of any of those three people.
1: Yeah. But the thing is just, uh, you, you can look at every element of the show, and then you can point at other horror things that do the same thing better, and, and a lot better, that just make this look like chump work, and then it's like, okay, what is it about this show that makes it worthwhile? And the answer is nothing.
0: Yeah, I just... I i think at some point, I either told you or is was telling someone else that I was watching it because I wanted to know how it ended.
1: Yeah, I think you, you've expressed that to me.
0: Yeah, and... By the time they got to episode 10 and they had to start explaining everything because they (laughs) ran out of time, I realized I already had new shades of this. Mm -hmm. So why am I watching it? I think it ended up being Spite. I think ultimately ended up being I watched it out of Spite because I I had stuck with it so far as like, fucking I'll see it through.
2: Uh
0: And, And I sometimes make that mistake incorrectly. And I don't know about my... So like, Okay. So we talked about how it's very Silent Hill two esque. It's it's yes. It is the horrors of these people brought to life, and that's what's attacking them. Mm-hmm. Um. So then, all kinds of shit happens. All like characters suddenly like um Speed Star suddenly goes crazy basically yeah. and admits that he's only friends with Mitsumune because uh, he wanted a puppet to control because that's how his parents treated him yeah, and it's just and like at that point it's like, oh my God, they're just gonna do this with like every character aren't they? no like a third of the cast still never gets to do anything good and so like Mitsumune finds a way out because he like comes to terms with his um they call it Nanaki um which is his uh which is basically his fear and gets to go back to the outside world. And meets a guy who has been, like, studying this village his whole life. Who went in and, like, he didn't come to terms with his uh thing, but just, like, ignored it completely and cut it out of his life. And also okay. was able to escape the village. But that also made him rapidly age and lose his emotions because it's literally a part of himself that he lost. Right. So he and... um he and mitsumune and the rapper kid yotsun who turns out not to be dead he was just floating down the river uh f- face down for the hell of it for As jokes. it turns out yeah yeah um go back and they're like trying to save everyone and it turns out that the person who led them there that girl i don't remember her name right now
1: the but you what know who they, i'm talking the, about the uh the researcher the yeah, scholar? the researcher. Okay, right. yeah.
0: Turns out that she's the daughter of the guy who's been studying this village because she doesn't want him to die. And so she's been trying to figure out how to, like, get a whole bunch of people together and get their uh, their Nanakis going so that she could try to summon her dads and bring it back to him. Whatever, Speed And then Speedstar turns, like, super evil and gross and possessive. And then he gets better, and then he gets, like, bored by his grandma Nanaki. There's just, like... <laughs>
1: Could you redo that, but use a different word? <laughs> he gets
0: eaten by his grandma and not Thank you and, and it makes him appear outside the village. There's just... Uh. And then by the end, it, like the whole message that it tries to bring up, so a whole bunch of shit happens off screen, doesn't matter. But by the end, it's like, someone brings up the point that's like, you know, everyone has problems that they don't talk about. You're not actually alone in the world, and you can talk to people about these problems. Which, but not sure, these whatever. people.
1: These people are crazy, fuck them. And it's like,
0: sure, whatever. But then another person goes, actually, fuck that. (laughs) (laughs) Some people can't deal with them, and that's why I'm staying in the village. And then, like, ten other people are like, sure, let's stay in the village. And most of them are people that just didn't have a part in the story regardless. So, whatever. And then some people stay back to research, or whatever, because it's like, if you stay in the village too long, you'll just become one with your Nanaki and turn into a monster. And they're like, we'll figure out a way to not do that so we can live in isolation forever. And that's how it ends. Bummer, man. There's just... I, I So, there are people who got into it and blessed their souls. I'm glad people had a good time. I'm glad some people had a good time because I absolutely did not. Yeah, me neither. I, I had zero fun with it. I enjoyed it basically nothing past, like, episode one of it. Just, like, this... Uh, this complete mess of a narrative, and th- th- there was just no payoff for me, ultimately. It just seemed like a lot of shit that they just threw at a wall, and it's like, oh, that's over. Uh, I don't... Again, I I want to be the kind of person who gets it, but I don't get it. And I I get liking bad things, or things that are, you know... I get liking things ironically. That's not a thing that I don't understand. Right. But this particular thing, I cannot imagine thinking, me neither. this is funny.
1: Uh, and I, I'm someone who has like a, a love, not love-hate relationship, but I have some kind of strange relationship with Code Geass. Uh It just makes me really mad. And I, I, for, at a point, I thought this could be that. But so little of the thing about Code Geass is uh, to put it in the words of one of the greatest Twitter accounts of all time, Horse Ebooks. In Code Geass, everything happens happens so so much, much. (laughs) and in Myiga, it just doesn't. Yeah, nothing happens so much. I feel
0: like my biggest problem with feeling that Myiga was a joke at any time is how much time it wastes. Yeah, and on things that that definitely try to be jokes and stuff, but just aren't funny. Like people point out that scene where they just spend like a, two minutes trying to figure out the fucking pirate kid's name and just keep fucking it up and like they just end up on oh his name was assbound.
1: That was something straight out of an Adam Sandler movie.
0: And yeah, just like I I got nothing out of that. That I I I think I skipped like half of it.
1: I think that I think that's a good point that you bring up actually. That indeed, if it was uh, if it if it is a comedy then a lot of time is spent not doing jokes and not doing anything else. Uh, and if it was supposed to be a horror series, then you could argue, okay, the intention was for that time to be spent building
0: But they, but they sure fucked anticipation.
1: that up. Yeah, and they, they didn't succeed, but you could make an argument that that was the intent. And you can't mm-hmm. make an argument that the intent for those moments was to make jokes because there's nothing going on in in those parts.
0: Yeah, like, I, I only really got enjoyment a- afterwards from that, like, ghost hunt bit. Where they're, like, you know, building crosses and throwing water at this ghost because they don't understand how that works. And they've got this mob mentality thing. Some people thought that was genuinely frightening. Uh, I mean, I, I I do. I, I sort of
1: get that because it's like, because uh, mob mentality is scary. and Yeah,
0: I, but the way that they present it, I feel, was not. And it just, it baffles me that people were like, oh, these were genuinely, like, very touching or serious moments. And I go, really? And I guess I just I just don't get it from any angle. Yeah, me neither. As and far clearly, as I'm other
1: people do. As far as I'm concerned, it came up short in every way, and that's putting it lightly. To put it more precisely, it's a it's a hackneyed hack job that completely bungles its premise, which is like this lame combination of Silent Hill 2 and Siren, but with like a bits of weird comedy mixed in.
0: Yeah. If- I mean, God bless if you like it. You know what? All the power to you. I'm glad that you enjoyed it, but I just can't.
1: Me neither. For a while, I considered continuing it just so that we could have a more spicy conversation. Um, But I just couldn't... I I just didn't have it in in me. Because the thing about watching anime is that it's a a very, very active experience because you have to watch subtitles. Yeah. Um, And that... That was too much effort for this. This wasn't worth that, because you get so little out of this show.
0: And why didn't anyone die?
1: Why didn't anyone die?
0: Because this seems like absolutely the sort of series where someone should have died.
1: Yeah, because why else would you have a a cast of 30 characters, most of which are expendable, if they're not there to add an arbitrary body count?
0: Yeah, and they they are arbitrary bodies. Yeah, Um, exactly. Like, there are probably... 50% I think 50% of the characters we never see the Nanaki of so we never know realistically what their problem is so it's like we we could have done this with fewer people
1: yeah the only thing I could imagine if is if there were a number of major parts to play and there would be like a mystery surrounding oh what who's doing this who's doing this but the major players and the people who are doing the important scary stuff and the important hero stuff are all established really early on. And after that, it doesn't matter anymore.
0: I think the most development that any of the minor, minor characters got is that that lovey-dovey couple ended up breaking up because oh, they realized they hate each other. Yeah.
1: That's a shame. So, Does the, I mean, does the eye patch guy ever take off his eyepatch?
0: No, but... Okay, so at some point, that girl who... The, the, the researcher... Yeah. So after Jack gets kicked out, right, and he's put in jail, mm-hmm. she breaks him out and he, like... So, remember when he shows up in the forest and he, like, attacks people and we think that uh, the pirate guy dies? Yeah. Turns out that he was, like, aiming to kill the pirate guy, but then brought the pirate guy back to be another soldier for her. And so there's this whole point where uh, the pirate guy and Jack are holding uh, bow and arrows, like, near people's heads to kill them because they, like figured out too much of the mystery and then off screen they just get beat up and like tied up and then that that part's just ignored <laughs> why, why why isn't that not on screen it's not like there's not enough time right and and like the literally the only reason they do that is because uh the pirate guy gets really excited and just tells them what the plans are of this researcher lady like it's literally just there because they needed the exposition you know if there,
1: the little, very little happens in the first six episodes, and I guess that doesn't really change later on. No, nope. but I think it's funny that then the show still feels so pressed for time in the <laughs> sense that things happen off screen and things need to be explained in order to speed up the story development.
0: Yeah, they couldn't figure it out themselves. So I mean, mm.
1: Mm.
0: <sighs> I'll
1: tell you what, uh, I feel, I feel embarrassed about the fact that I ever went or. There were, I thought for a little while that I should feel embarrassed for ever going to bat for this show. I don't think you should. But I, I don't think so either, both because I didn't know, but also because based on the promotional material, I still would. But the show doesn't deliver on what the promotional material promises because it's not
0: that kind of show, really. It's
1: not really a horror mystery show.
0: And it doesn't present itself as, as it's supposed to be like a parody or a comedy, which I feel like if it were supposed to be either of those things, those things should be more like it sh- they, those should be more there.
1: more pronounced and consistent yeah.
0: yeah yeah, yeah, so let's let's go on
1: opening's so good
0: yeah it it's a there's a there's a good sense to that opening um
1: uh, funny thing about that opening uh at the very start when they start listing all of the characters and they put all their their faces and names on screen, sometimes it starts going of the to name, the beat, the but names then are hidden uh, behind the characters, oh
0: yeah, and then there's wink.
1: There's Wank. That was yep. the first one.
0: <laughs> That's good. Ugh. Anyways, tell me about something you liked. Uh, Space Patrol Luluco.
1: Space Patrol Luluco. I think uh, I, we ended the preview episode, or not the preview, the mid-season review episode on me saying, maybe I'll drop it, right?
0: Maybe. Because it was the end of whatever they considered season two or whatever.
1: Yeah, no, it was when they introduced the like uh, the kill-a-kill insert, basically.
0: Right. And I was you, like, You ah, did talk about that.
1: I don't know how I feel about that. Um, but that ended up being not really important, and actually there ended up being a lot of trigger reference stuff.
0: Right, I heard it's very much like a weird victory lap.
1: Yeah, it is. Uh, there's a, um, a, a um, uh, God, Little Witch Academia little ep- episode, there's a part- Which that- also ended with the
0: announcement that the Little Witch Academia anime is happening.
1: The final shot is Luluco becoming, like, this renegade space cop, sorta, like Dog the Bounty Hunter, but in space. Right. And then she she's riding a gun through space, and then the girl from Little Witch Academia show up, and they high-five, and then it's like, see you next trigger animation.
0: Like the passing the torch sort Yeah, of pretty
1: much. That was cute. I'm really looking forward to that. Hey, that's the yeah. announcement. Why didn't you mention that in the news? Oh,
0: you're right. I don't... Did we talk... I don't know if we even... I do I don't remember.
1: La Academia is getting, like, a 26-episode TV show, and I'm excited. I don't think they announced how many episodes but yeah. I think they said two seasons, at least. But, but
0: yeah, so I, I didn't talk about that because I'm sure we were going to bring it up here.
1: Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, there's that, and then there's also a part... There's already a character that's basically Inferno Cop, but then at one point, Inferno Cop himself actually shows up. Um... And then, even beyond that, what ended up happening is that the whole story almost plays out like a hyper condensed version of Tangentop and, and Gorin Lagan.
0: Okay, which all, a lot of people from Trigger worked on.
1: Yeah, and that, it's that same sort of uh, story where it just it, it starts off in a small town, pretty much like completely. Um like uh divided from the rest of the world that's not really part of the story but it might as well be and the story okay. escalates and escalates and escalates and escalates until it's about the fate of the universe the fate of the universe um and then the, the final episode is luluku riding on the front of her pirate mom ship doing the guy next post because pose because of course right and then uh luluko luluko at one point luluko dies because she gets betrayed by her partner
0: is uh, that the zombie lady?
1: No, no, no. That's the Suave the looking kid.
0: Oh, the blonde guy.
1: Yeah. It turns okay. out he's evil, but then at a later point, he's not evil anymore. And then she gets revived. And then to their hearts form together into one big crystal heart. And then they both shoot a laser, and the laser defeats this super black hole dude. And that's the
0: end. Um, and I think, on the whole, I really liked it. Okay, that's cool. I hear that. I fear that that's an opinion that a lot of people have if they saw it.
1: I think it's probably my favorite Trigger show, the favorite show Trigger I ever put out. I still like the first Little Witch Academia movie better, but for TV shows, it's definitely their best one, I think. But as a TV
0: series, yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, it had a good, energetic, uh, and decently varied cast of characters. Most of them were pretty one-note, but they still managed to, like, wring a good amount of jokes out of all of them.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, like... For example, uh, the, uh, the space cop type character over justice also turns into a skeleton gun at the end. But, okay. and all the guns in the show, uh, like say a quote every time they fire. So for example, uh, when Luluco turns into a gun, it says fight for justice. Mm-hmm. And he does that too, but he's a machine gun. So the quote keeps starting over and over and over and over again every time he <laughs> fires a bullet.
0: So it's the, oh, fight yeah. for justice. It's a different, cool. it's a
1: different quote, but yeah, it's basically but that. But
0: that same thing. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um,
1: and it's just it started off and it stayed pretty limited animation stuff, but it does it basically does the kill a kill thing where it's half super limited animation, but when it matters, the animation is nuts. Like the final couple of minutes of the show are like definitely Goron Legon level crazy animation going on. Okay. Um, and I think it was it was funny and it was charming, and uh, the the progression of the story was pretty good. I think maybe the all all the references to other trigger animation stuff sorta of took away from it at a certain point, just because it got in the way of the story actually progressing. Um but it it was still a good story. I think the final episode things got too big for me to really care. Like once it turned into maybe a bit of like a masturbatory Yeah, we made Gordon like I'm bitch. So it, it
0: it comes across as like they they definitely like blew their load on that.
1: Yeah, it got a little beyond it became about the story second and about being a, a trigger guy next, victory lap first, I think. And uh, that's kind of how I felt about the last episode. Which I felt like
0: the way that everyone has described it, the story was always the first, but also they just made characters that were other trigger characters. Yeah, there's
1: just, they just kind of show up, and it's funny, and those are kind of like little side bit parts. Um, and that's cute. I especially like the, the uh, Inferno Cop scene, which is interesting because I don't actually like Inferno Cop that much. Ninja Slayer uh, wasn't in it, which is
0: let's good. See. Because
1: Ninja Slayer sucks.
0: Well, I think that was also was an original thing, which I think is part of it. Oh,
1: that's a good point. Okay, a lot of the other sure. stuff is
0: original stuff. Which, uh, real quick, I mean, like, Infernal Cop's not, like, bad, but it definitely was too long and too up its own ass, especially near the end. Sure. I think. Yeah. Yeah. It's not the worst thing they've done.
1: It, it's not. Um. And I think... <laughs> let's talk about all the
0: things that... No, let's
1: not. <laughs> I think it's actually interesting because the references got much more straightforward after the Kill a Kill one. Because the Kill a Kill one isn't even the character from it's
0: someone heavily stylized off those characters yeah right?
1: and then yeah. the actual characters from my little witch uh, little academia show up and the actual ca- inferno cop shows up
0: oh because that other guy was just like inferno cop-esque right
1: yeah he just looked very and it was the same voice actor but then when Luluko dies and she's in like this gray sad dimension uh inferno cop is there and in a way
0: that makes sense because she dies and goes to the afterlife or whatever and that's where like Inferno Cop is. Yeah,
1: yeah. And then he he gives her the energy to keep keep on going. That's cool. And it's, yeah, it's cute. Basically, the whole crux of the show is it's the evil people who think uh, f- uh middle school first love is like this empty and hollow concept that's never going to last. And the good people are like, oh, it's the ultimate power in the universe because it's so pure. And that's why he eventually does the villain in because he didn't understand that. And that's, that's good. kind of cute. And I love it. Yeah, it is cute. It's great. That's cool. It's cool, yeah. I'm I'm glad to hear
0: that this turned out well, especially after, like, everyone was really hyping that sort of thing up. It's like, there's always that trigger worry.
1: Yeah, and it is directed by the kill-a-kill dude, um, who is inconsistent with how much he's able to restrain himself. But -hmm. he restrained himself pretty good in this one, I think.
0: Okay, that's cool. Good stuff. Yeah. Alright, before we go on to the next anime, breaking news. Oh my god. Bleach is ending with volume 74. We are in... We are five chapters into volume 74. Oh, okay. That's that's soon. So it's in, ending within, like, single digits. Yeah, that is, um... That is I, I crazy. think
1: all Viz, or all um, Shonen Jump volumes are nine chapters. Really? Yeah. Wow. So that's like, that's 13, 12 chapters? Wow! Damn. Bleach is over, almost. It's
0: it's so close. It's supposed to end officially this fall.
1: Huh. That's strange, because, um, or it's not strange, because we've been expecting it, but Toriko is also, seems like it's going to end soon, and now we also it's have... a climax? Yeah, and Gintama's ending, and Nisekoi can't have more than 20 chapters in it anymore. Yeah, because they... Cause, they...
0: Did the big twist or whatever yeah in Nisekoi so Weekly Shonen Jump's gonna have to start picking some new stuff up
1: they are and they've tried but they've actually had a lot of series that ended up not making the cut like Best Blue their swimming thing was in there for maybe 10 weeks and
0: then they dropped it god damn yeah Huh. Well, we'll have to see what they pick up. I, I'm very interested because in, I, I assume that a lot of it's supposed to be like newcomer stuff.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Or may, maybe they'll move some stuff from their other magazines into the main one, like Kekai Sensen.
0: Maybe. Uh, is Kekai Sensen weekly?
1: No, that's in Crown. That's in that's so that's quarterly. That's,
0: that's the quarterly. So yeah. they probably couldn't do that.
1: They might be able to swing that with uh, with Night Out, but
0: maybe. But it'll be interesting to see for sure. Yeah. Um. Speaking of interesting to see. Let me tell you about how much I ended up liking Cabinary of the Iron Fortress. Oh, cool. Tell me about and it. And sort of like a big surprise. Yeah. Because, so, five, six episodes in, right, mm-hmm. talk about, it's it's really about the style. Yeah. The action is really great, and I think there are a lot of genuinely charming characters in it. Like the, the main bro duo. Uh-huh. 'Cause there I, I think I talked about the scene where it's like as when it turns out Ikuma, the main guy, has to get blood, his bro's like, Yeah, it doesn't matter if it's from a dude, right? This like big no homo thing And like <laughs> th- there's a lot of charming things to that and like their interactions are really like they feel genuine. Okay, that's cool. And everything about every character just feels so earnest, even if I don't like it. Like it seemed like the Kokyas cool. dude was just so happy to make this thing and he just loved everything he wanted to do with it this is an original production right yes okay but then in the second half it like it very clearly needs to close close the door on a story yeah and so it introduces a villain that I really didn't like because he is the most shonen villain of all time what type of shonen villain because they come
1: in many varieties
0: unsympathetic
1: Oh, okay. Oh, that's Just, like, so simple kind of it.
0: complete monster sort of thing. Like, his whole thing is that he is the son of the Shogun uh, of these, like, individual cities that are Attack on Titan, protected from these zombies. Right, right. And he was sent out to war with a bunch of people and eventually was, like, left to die by his dad. Oh. So he decides that given this whole thing about like how his dad is such a, like, a scaredy-pants, basically. Mm-hmm. He's got this huge fear in him. His decision is that he's going to destroy that and kind of try to destroy the fear in people and leave only the strong to survive. Oh, goodness. That's his big goal. And the way that he does that is throughout this part... So he's got his own train. Yeah. And in this train is this really fucked up zombie engine that he's built. <laughs> oh like, there's a there's a room where he just has these zombies, like, caged up, unable to attack anyone, oh. and he's, like, funneling their energy <laughs> into, like, this engine that Oh, I was use. way more...
1: I thought it was, like, an engine-dead-human hybrid, and I was way more interested in Oh, God, no, that would, be, that would yeah, be... Yeah, that would be a
0: lot cooler. But, like, his whole thing, he's, like, he's trying to genetically create these, like, zombie-human hybrids that are stronger. So there's this mm-hmm. there's this kind of terrible Shonen thing to it where it's like he figures out how to like like people have to die for it, but he can basically make super powered ones that can like create Legion creatures out of zombies. Like it takes a whole bunch of dead people and creates this weird Legion beast that right. can attack people, Titan esque. Okay. And it's it the the whole big conflict at the end is Ikuma has to figure out how to take down one who is made out of this, this girl who he's made, uh, a serious relationship with. Not like romantic, but just a relationship with right, this right. girl through the whole thing. Uh, her name is, um, Mume, or no name, because that's how this dude treats her, and she works under, I guess I should name his, his name, his name, beba His name is Bieber. <laughs> <laughs> so, J- Justin Bieber's a murderer, is what I'm getting at here. No, but, um, and so, like, Justin Bieber's tr- been
1: playing a pretty good real life Shonen villain lately. When he hit that yeah. old dude and spun his oh, car,
0: what that happened?
1: I think he he pushed over an old dude or yelled at an old dude for no reason. Jesus Christ! Yeah, Bieber's a pretty you know he used to be like people used to hate him yeah. because his music's
0: bad, but now he's a pretty pretty bad dude.
2: Hmm.
0: So Bieber's train takes over um Ikoma's and kind of and so like. He starts using all of the people on this, the Iron Fortress, the train, yeah. to, uh, to feed the weird zombie engine he has. So they're just siphoning blood from them every day, like in turns. Mm-hmm. So everyone's part of a group and it's like, as soon as all your blood's back, we'll take more of it. And so they, there's this, like this coup that's organized and fails. And like Ikuma's best friend dies out of it. Ikuma is like attacked by, um, Mume, who has been like brainwashed. And is kicked off the train. And he has this kind of conscience issue where it's like, he can't, he hasn't been able to really do anything when it comes to what really matters. He's always kind of fucked up. Okay. But he, um, he meets up with someone else who had escaped the train and who had taken hostage one of the people working for Biba. Yeah. Who has two vials. Uh, one of which that makes him superpowered and one of which that can heal the superpowered effect before it kills someone. And there's just this, I don't know, like, and so he goes superpowered in order to save his friend and stop Beba from fucking destroying everything. And there's just this huge action spectacle at the end where it's like, you can tell just everyone loved the, like, grittiness and grimness of the situation to just do huge battle effects and make everything, like, pop as far as action goes. Right. At one point, a train derails and, like, Ikoma pushes a train, and the train derails, and then while it's in the air, just explodes. <laughs> <laughs> like, like just the most shown ass thing. But like the action looks so good, and I think a lot of those characters are very genuinely good. Cool. When it comes down to it, it's just a. Re- I am surprised at how much I liked it and how much it seemed to come together at the end
1: despite the introduction of this sudden character arc or yeah. uh, story arc that needed to besides be resolved besides the fact
0: that that could be its own season realistically to have a better pace to it uh-huh. i think it still does what it does really well and it and it comes off as very earnest if it, like someone's very excited about this idea okay And so i i was just a lot of fun that's cool um i yeah i was very happy with it
1: I'll say this: I obviously haven't seen it, so I can't judge it. But it all—it mm-hmm. always makes me a little uncomfortable when a show tries to, um, um, present itself very, very seriously and very dark. You know, realistic violence, realistic yeah. stakes, um, and then presents its good guys and bad guys very straightforward, black and white morality style. Uh, that, that feels like so that, that that's such a weird thing and like a juvenile way of going about it.
0: Yeah, I I suppose I see what your point is there. And I feel like maybe it's not nearly as black and white, because there are definitely shades of, like, why people are acting the way they are. And clearly, some people just aren't making the best decisions that they could. Right. But they think they are. Okay. Kind of thing. Well,
1: that's better, at least.
0: Like, especially with characters in the middle section, as, like, they kind of start to get comfortable with the fact that some of these people are, like, half zombies, Mm -hmm. and they're still fighting for them. Like, there's there are shades there. Okay. But it definitely presents as, like, this is very clearly a bad person because they're doing horrific things in the sense of their own justice. Yeah. Which, I mean, it's... Depending on your um, ability to deal with kind of shonen bullshit in the story, I think it's a really good series.
1: Okay, that's nice. Yeah. i glad Amazon picked a good one for their first yeah, uh- exclusive anime. Yeah.
0: And battery looks good, too. Yeah. So, you know what? Heck.
1: Oh, man, I forgot that I was on Amazon. Damn it.
0: Yeah, go Amazon.
1: <sighs> we'll find a way. Yeah.
0: Next up, also shown in little less bullshit, My Hero Academia. <laughs> My
1: Hero Academia.
0: With no expectations, it was a really good show.
1: It was, a f- um, it was good. It's it only, only going to get better.
0: I have nothing but good things to say about it, minus episode 12, I think? Okay. It It's the middle of that fight at the end with all the villains. And I I dislike that particular section of it because throughout the whole thing, it's been about the overcoming of adversity, Mm -hmm. the power of the self, and the power of those around you. Yeah. But that particular section, that entire episode is basically just the bleakest ass look at how... Bad things can go, and there's no sense of positivity towards it. It gets like uncomfortably dark in a way that none, the rest of the series never did.
1: Yeah, no, that's uh, that is a good point. Uh, I think it's, I think it's a little more bearable in the manga when it where it's two chapters and not just like a single entity. That's a like a whole that. episode, yeah. Because yeah,
0: yeah. like everything the book ends it feels the the right way because like they can o- they overcome. Yeah, But that is just the grimmest episode. Mm-hmm. Because it's like that teacher gets just beat to shit in so many ways.
1: And then the, the main villain's power of like just tearing through skin yeah. straight to the muscle. That's gross. And
0: Yeah, and like then his attacks on multiple students and all kinds of stuff like that. It's just, it gives off this sort of vibe that I didn't get from anything else. And it felt weird.
1: It does feel weird. Um, but it
0: it's bookended by some really great moments that do fit that sort of positivity and like being able to overcome that adversity
1: yeah um, I, I can only say this from the perspective of someone who's read way further into the series mm-hmm. but I do think this, uh, this part of the story has a very strange spot it's a very strange spot from a narrative perspective because it, it almost reads like a, something out of a bad fan fiction mm-hmm. just because it's characters go somewhere all of them go somewhere villains show up there for reasons we don't know villains, villains really strong and dangerous and just beat the shit
0: out of the protagonist so that's it's so cheap I think I was shocked that this was the second arc as it was yeah. of the story third but like so early on I'm shocked at how early it was yeah because this, it seems like the sort of thing where they would have brought like some villains in and had like a fairly even fight of like 20 kids versus I don't know four people who are clearly better, but this was yeah. just such a such a weird turn. I felt as a, I still liked it. There were a lot of parts I really liked about it, but it was weird.
1: It's interesting because it's, uh, you can draw parallels between that story arc and a story arc that's maybe like 300 chapters into One Piece, where like a bunch of characters who are clearly like way above the league of the main characters show up, who are the henchmen of people who are even more outside of their league. Uh, that, that is a weird thing to start a story off on, yeah.
0: I guess, in a way, it's like, it develops. I mean, I understand why it's there. Yeah. It, it makes a lot of sense because it's like, oh, this isn't just fun and games. There are some serious-ass villains out
1: there. There are stakes, yeah. But it, it almost it makes the world too big to start things off with.
0: Yeah, it presents every villain, basically, because there are also people behind the TV screen that we don't know about.
1: Yeah. And these guys, like, these guys just destroy most of the uh most of the young kids and these are only the lame henchmen you know
0: um, well they're, i mean they're strong henchmen but they are henchmen nonetheless yeah so yeah it does seem weird but I, <laughs> my hero academia is just good yeah. though
1: i want to say one more thing uh i think it's funny that uh the the in light of recent internet humor that the, uh, the, the, the big evil shark creature, what was, it, is he called Mako? Is that what? Some, like, no, Mars, it's not Mako, but N- the, Namu, the, the,
0: Namu yeah, yeah, the, the weird, like, brain guy. He, the, the artificially produced yeah, one. Yeah,
1: that, it's just, I wish they had gone, I wish, um, All Might would have shown up and said to him, who are you? And then he would have said back, I'm you, but stronger. <laughs> Motherfucker. <laughs> cuz that's what he was. Yeah, uh, but that oh that last fight was so good. That last fight was amazing. That
0: last fight was so good. Like just some fair like clearly some cuts made just for the sake of making it look so much cooler than mm-hmm. maybe it did in the manga. That is a great moment.
1: They 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 had some good fights in there, yeah. And
0: the way that the kids handle like some of the smaller villains is great. Like the fucking electric kid where someone just keeps pushing <laughs> where uh one of the 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 girl who can just create things out of her back, yeah, just keeps pushing people to this electric guy to keep shocking them. Like, there's some great, there's some great stuff there. And that girl with the the headphone jacks is cool. She's
1: cool. She tried to do a, uh, uh, she tried to do the shadow guy thing from Naruto where he di- where she digs under the ground and then catches the dude from behind.
0: Yeah, there's. It's just there are so many cool powers. All of those characters seem cool.
1: I think it's really funny in, uh, it is, uh, looking at this show to contrast with Hero Academia, which has 30 characters, most of which are lame, and then yeah. My Hero Academia, which has, I think, like, 25 characters, all of which are really good.
0: Yeah, like, you get enough out of them to at least, like, get some idea of who they are, and they're cool one power.
1: Yeah. Well, except for the, the ice guy, he has two powers. <laughs> what a bastard.
0: Yeah, he has fire and ice. What a,
1: man, that guy sucks. I am actually surprised they didn't set up his story arc which is also coming up after this.
0: Cuz yeah, I hear that's a big thing. Yeah. But yeah, I I don't know. It's like all those even like um I I don't like Bakugo. But yeah. I get Bakugo. Mhm. He's just an asshole.
1: He is yeah, he's just the worst.
0: And I I think it's great that they just are willing to make this character an asshole. Yeah. Like it's not like oh tragic backstory. It's just like everyone kept ca- kept telling him he was the best, so he believed he was the best.
1: Yeah, but there there is a tragedy in that, but you don't yeah. have to feel bad for him. Yeah. Oh God, no, no. But like, or um, the ice guy for that matter, he just sucks.
0: But like, um, I the the only real thing I want to kind of get out of the way faster in terms of the story is um the complete inability to use um all for one.
1: Yeah, I, I um I can imagine that. But I I'll,
0: I would I would like at least for it to be less consistent. You don't less understand what consi- I mean? No? Like, I want it to not happen as much. It okay. can still happen, but it happens every time. It
1: is uh, it is the story ender every time, yeah, that's true. Um And
0: I and I just want like there was one moment where he he did it right. Right? Yeah. He does the one attack right and it just fails because fucking nominee. Yeah. And what I want is just Uh, I I want more fights to be able to be he pulls it off right and then maybe fucks it up but more proper attempts kind of
1: um I'll tell you that that doesn't happen but it does get better because they start taking it in a different direction from
0: here on. okay that's cool yeah so he so it's kind of does it kind of be like the thing where he does like the flick with his finger so he doesn't break his whole arm, kind of stuff, or
1: uh, no. would it be a spoiler? It, it will be. It will be a spoiler because it, okay. it's pretty interesting, I guess. What, okay. how, where they end up taking this character? I think.
0: Then I'll wait for the second season.
1: Yeah. Speaking of second season, I actually saw a lot of people speculate that they were going to flip which arc was going to come first. They were going to do the sports arc first, and then the the uh, the the dome the dome park arc later.
0: Yeah, the official announcement is that it's going to do the sports arc.
1: Yeah, but I mean, like do the sports arc in the first season, and then do the the or, oh. or do the sports tournament in the first season, and then the the training camp arc in the second, just because it is so much darker and it's such a it's so weird to put it in that early spot.
0: But hey, I I mean that's that's what they did. So yeah,
1: and it was still good. I love My yeah. Hero Academia so much. And I'm glad. Yeah, I, just...
0: I I I was surprised at how much I liked yeah. it.
1: And like I said, it's only going to get better.
0: Okay, cool. So next up, we have some shorts. Yep. First, I'm going to talk about Tonkatsu DJ Agitaro, which has honestly one of the most charming things I saw this season. I think. Okay. Just in terms of like positivity and stuff, because it doesn't really change. Like, it's just this kid continue to learn how to DJ real cool,
1: uh-huh. <laughs> and he just like
0: makes friends. Like, the end of the thing is like he does a party for the person who's teaching him how to DJ. Oh. Because he like his his uh, his master's like someone who just isn't very popular. So they just hold this big party for, like, one big last show for him. And so he invites all the friends he's made. He meets this, like, this, like bubblegum pop sort of DJ duo set of girls that are cool. Mm-hmm. He meets this guy who, like, really hates Agitaro because he's so popular compared to him. Oh. But he doesn't get it. <laughs> Agitaro <laughs> just doesn't get it. And so he's just, like, trying to be friendly to this dude and, like twisting all the things he says to him to be really positive, and I think that's really funny. Like, they handle characters really well, in a way, um, just to make them all kind of charming, and, like, or the EDM guy, um, Dong-san, I think is is his name. (laughs) Good. But, like, he's just, like, a South Korean dude who's really into EDM. And, like, they have all these different types of characters, and they all come together for this big party. And it's just, like, a big positive thing of, like, do the thing you love, you know? That's cool. That's great. It, it's like still that. got some weird parts to it where it's like, oh, we have to tie this back into cooking somehow.
1: What? Oh, right. Because it, it was like... Because he, he's a, a tonkatsu. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. works at a
0: tonkatsu, because uh, his dad does that. Yeah. But it always goes back to cooking. Like, it's like, oh, you know, th- we only serve one type of food here, but there are people who want a lot of different stuff, so I need to learn how to DJ multiple types of music kind of thing. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> and it, it's goofy, but I, I find it very charming. <laughs> All right. Yeah, it's cool. Um, I It's... It's really easy to get into too, they're like eight minute episodes and there are only twelve of them. It's just like it's got a really good arc to it, in a way. There's one episode I didn't really like because it's kind of this it does that comedy thing where it's one gag over and over.
1: Oh yeah, okay. Where
0: he learn he learns about like slow jams, he learns about chilling out. And it does this thing where like it it becomes sort of like that um that ending ending keyframe sort of thing where it's like all the very like distinct lines and everything, but it just says Chill out over it as like someone really relaxes, and it's just him slowly becoming more and more chill until finally he just lays in the freezer for an entire <laughs> day and turns into an ice block. And like it just goes on too long. But other than that, I find the whole series as uh, very charming. That's I'm glad. Yeah. That sounds good. I saw you tweet about this a lot. Yeah, no, it's got some really good um it's got some really good uh pictures to go along with yeah. it. Yeah. And then so you watched Usakame,
1: Yeah. Did you forget that Luluco is a short
0: uh whoops that's okay I, I didn't I didn't put it in with the other shorts before so I just didn't do it now whoops
1: that's fair uh, it, doesn't, it doesn't really matter either way um, yeah Usukame I I don't think
0: I liked it as
1: I, I ended up liking it as much as I did during uh, the previous episode the mid-season review I okay.
0: guess it's over now right it's like TQ where it ends at 12 episodes
1: uh yes okay and, or maybe it didn't. That would be... I think it's over. That would be... Yeah, I think so too. The final episode definitely uh, had a lot of closure to it.
0: Okay. And I think,
1: um... I think the problem is that it's, it, it did try to, uh, like, tie too much of a narrative around it, but it wasn't really a, a, an interesting narrative by any means. Okay. And so it, it was basically a lot of time spent actually putting a story forward where there should have just been jokes
0: okay and what is what is the story is it was it a lot of like we have to be the we have to be the rivals of the tq staff because i saw that the tq characters pop up uh
1: very briefly they're not really that important in the grand scheme of things they're only there for one episode and it doesn't really matter okay i just knew that they were
0: rivals so i would have guessed that that would have been a thing
1: yeah they they play tennis i think maybe (laughs)
0: <laughs> it seems like this had a lot more tennis than the other one. It, which, like, it's
1: about tennis this time. It's about actually about a tennis club that does tennis. Oh, weird. Um, and I think the crux of the story is basically, imagine just the, mo- the most simple uh, three-year high school, or I guess one year of high school sports club story, uh, okay. but like hyper-condensed to the point that it's its own joke. Okay. Because uh, the final episode is all about... Uh, after all, we've been together with the club, now it's only us the first years here all on our own, and it's like, <laughs> I barely, I barely even know these characters, you know? Okay.
0: Um.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and it's just like, they, they tried to put in what were either genuine, heartfelt moments, or moments that were jokes, like, trying to make fun of those heartfelt moments, which, at, at first, that's a little mean-spirited, come on.
0: Yeah, um, I, and I guess- if you were going to differentiate yourself from TQ, you would try to do something closer to heartwarming.
1: Yeah, I, yeah, I guess so. Um, and I just, I just think that kind of falls flat. Mm-hmm. And uh, the strength of the jokes definitely uh, went down as the show went on, too. Because before, okay. before they were definitely not TQ style so- non sequiturs. There were jokes that had punchlines and setups and setups. Yeah, even if it was only like in the most tenuous sense possible. But it was a more proper joke. It was more of a proper joke. And they kind of nixed that a little bit by the end where it definitely became more of just goofy non sequiturs, which it had had the whole way through. But there was a balance between those two, I think. And by the end, it was just that. And because the show is a bit slower paced than TQ, it makes the bad jokes uh, last. Stick more. Yeah. Uh, and 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 there are, those are there, and there's also just less jokes in total. So when there's an episode that has a couple of bad jokes, that's really all that's in there. And It's mm. like, mm, damn. So less consistent, but still charming. I th- I think on the whole, I still I'm still okay with the fact that I've seen it. Okay. Yeah.
0: I like I I think I like the style better than TQ as well, like the very kind of like colored pencils, sort of like sketchy.
1: Yeah. Um. I definitely agree because TQ always struck struck me as um like a, a super bright like oversaturated anime but with all right. the lines st- or like all the fields broadened and like stretched out in a cartoony way right yeah i I, def- I do like this more yeah okay and the characters were better too than the tq characters which is just what's going to happen when you give them time to develop how how little
0: it's going to be right um next up macross delta it's I feel like I'm starting to hit the point where I would appreciate this show more if I knew more about Macross. Okay. As a whole. Because it started getting into the plot, which is like this <laughs> galactic war. Yeah. And it's it's got a lot of stuff going on where I feel like they're starting to throw terms around that I would understand and would mean something to me if I knew what Macross was.
1: Okay, but are those core to understanding the plot?
0: I can I can make enough leaps to mm. guess at them. Okay. Be- they sort of explain them like they talk about the proto-culture, which is the original civilization that spawned every other civilization in this galaxy. Okay. But there's clearly a sort of mysticism towards it, because like... So these songs... That uh, each side of this army is, u- or this side of the war is using, power up their races and stuff in particular ways. Right. So, in the case of the villains, it's this very operatic sort of performance that not only makes the the race of aliens stronger, but also like causes a sort of like berserk status in. Regu- uh, and other people. Okay. And the whole part of this plot now is that they have unearthed this proto culture spaceship that has allowed the amplification of the song to be stronger when they use it. Okay. And more or less, the, the, the idol group, Walker, exists as their music acts as a counterbalance to it 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 powers their pilots up and stops the berserk status and it's this weird back and forth of sort of these musical styles is it's in some ways it very feels much a lot like old people versus young people in terms of how the music goes cuz one's just like very operatic and the other and they talk about how trashy and like disgusting the other music is when it's this <laughs> idle pop thing it, it seems so like damn kids these days I like, I, I like
1: that as a story element
0: yeah I think I think it's kind of funny because they keep talking about get that garbage music off you need to get the but um yeah and like there are these ruins on every planet that the protoculture has left that also help to amplify there's, and there's this weird reaction and they use the term deculture a lot that I don't I still can't figure out if the, I've always understood it as a catchphrase of Macross, but I've never understand the actual importance of it, whether or not it refers to like the current culture or what. I'm not positive. I don't know. Yeah, there, there are just things I don't understand about parts of this universe, and clearly they are the same universe because one, one of the characters says, I have been listening to the Macross bands all my life. And goes through all the series and all the singers, and they all exist within the same universe. Okay, and is there, um, are there story
1: ramifications from past Macross series that you think affect this story? Like, is it in any way a direct sequel?
0: I, that, that I can't tell. I don't know the timeline, and I don't know what they would have done. But, like, there are very clearly, like, ramifications of things from the past that affect this particular planet. And that's why they want to go to war with everyone else. But I don't know if that's related to previous Macross. Well,
1: and it sounds like you're not equipped to
0: review this series, Mr. Away. you're You're right, and maybe I shouldn't. But no, I'm, I still find it a lot of fun, though. Okay. Like, they, they've started focusing a lot more on discovering this mystery, which helps fill in some of the blanks. And also, like, there's a lot more battling. There's a lot more singing. A lot of the those parts mm-hmm. p- pop up more. And definitely a lot more of the emotional core. Like, they have killed off a major character. And, like, it, it felt like, oh shit, this is, like, a serious thing. And I think that's okay, even in something, like, lighthearted like this, because it's very real about war, in a way. Okay. And this, and this conflict. But also, like, and it, <laughs> It's weird because I feel like it knows what it wants to be, but also sometimes it's like, it's very seriously about war, and then a giant robot pops up from the- like, their spaceship turns into a giant robot and shoots a giant laser. Like, kind of these weird, goofy parts of robot shows. I mean, I think when you have a show
1: where idols are there-
0: yeah, it's, it's, it's a weird thing where I think they know the balance they want because it does hit dramatic points really well and it hits comedy points really well. But sometimes it just feels like it goes very far in a particular direction. Okay. If you understand what I mean by that, like. I do, I do understand what you mean, yeah. Okay. And that's, that's kind of my feeling so far. Like, we've just gotten into the plot and I think it's another, it's one more core.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: There's one more season to go of it. And I hope that that helps start to fill in more of the blanks of what's going on in the story.
1: I hope so, too. But you're definitely making it sound like something that is not made to be accessible to the newcomer.
0: And it's weird because it's been, I don't know, 10 something years since the last one. You'd think it would be a bit more accessible. Yeah. And I don't, I just don't know. Uh, I, I still enjoy it, though. That's good. So, I mean, it's doing something right. Nice. Speaking of doing something right. You really liked Tanaka Kun. Tanaka Kun is it, it? It made
1: me reassess what I think a good comedy anime is because this set the bar so high. Does it?
0: Are, does that include Slice of Life or just comedy? Um. Yeah, I think just comedy. Um, okay, think, so so okay, so it's not a particular type of comedy. It's just comedy in general. It's just uh, yeah.
1: It's just um. I wish I could be less short spoken about it than I was last time. But I don't know how much better I'll be able to go into detail about it. Okay. Um, but it's just, it, it has a balance of uh, set up punchline jokes, non sequiturs, and um, I, I don't really know how to properly explain it jokes where the setup and the punchline are sort of the same thing. Um, okay. Uh, it's just. It's great at just putting something on screen and making it funny, I think. And some- okay. sometimes that's just a character doing nothing for slightly longer than they really should, and then the title pops up. Uh, okay. And other times, it's just the big excited excited little girl character uh, saying, I'm Miana, and I'm being a bullet and flying across the screen. What? Yeah. That... Yeah. Okay. It's just, um... It's just it's it's got a, a sense of humor that I appreciate as someone who has, in his life, uh, consumed a lot of comedy media and gotten to the point where maybe the most straightforward delivery doesn't do it for me anymore because I've already seen that so many times, and then this feels like it, it veers slightly in that direction of like internet comedy where the joke is that the timing is slightly off, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just good, and 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 I think it, it works as a slice of life show really well. Also, um, I think all the characters are neat; they all bounce off of each other very well. Uh, there, there's a good balance between all the characters, and mm-hmm. I and I like that all the characters have something about them. Uh, so, sort of like Tanaka, his thing is that he's really tired all the time. Um, uh, Ota, his best friend, his thing is sort of that he's Uh, kind of difficult to ever really get an emotion out of him. (laughs) Then there's this other girl whose big thing is that she's, uh, she's like the big, the, the popular girl in the class, in class. But it turns out that secretly she is like, she's a big loser nerd on the inside and she hates like putting up that fake persona so much.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And then in the end, uh, it seems like they're gonna lean in the direction of, Oh, you should you should just keep doing the persona thing because that's what that's what works for you. But then it turns out they don't do that and they actually go for the 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 sweeter solution of it's it's okay to ease up a little. It's okay to okay. be yourself, at least among your friends, and and that's good. And there's a pervading sense of that in the show of it's okay to be you. Okay. but in a that's in a, always good. That that is always good. And I think it does it in a better way where it usually does uh does that sort of thing where
0: except that Tanaka-kun is a terrible person. He is
1: a terrible person and they they don't um they don't shy away from admitting that. Like they've there are very much moments where it's like wow this is not okay. Like we're having fun but actually Tanaka sucks. <laughs> um but it, it just goes about that Tanaka needs to be a better person. He does. Um, it goes about that sort of thing a lot better than other shows, or at least other anime that try this sort of thing. Because usually, for example, Persona 4 does that same thing. But with Persona 4, it's like, it's okay to be yourself if you're already really cool. Uh,
0: okay, Yosuke is not already very Right, cool. but he has, this, he
1: has the good hair, and he has the sweet jackets, and he is personable, and he know, he has uh, friends, and he knows how to communicate.
0: And he loves Nickelback.
1: And he loves Nickelback.
0: And, I mean, Teddy is also not a good person. Okay, no, yeah, it's, I mean, it's not okay to be
1: Teddy, but all of the... <laughs>
0: it's extremely not okay you to be You get what Teddy. I
1: mean, though, right? Yeah. Like,
0: no, I understand what you mean. They all already have sort of a place, they, as it
1: were. Yeah, and they have genuine shortcomings, but that's okay because that's human. Um, yeah. And I, I like the way uh, it goes about uh, the idea of gay relationships, too, even though it skirts around the issue a lot um okay. the idea of tanaka and ota being in a, a, a gay relationship because they rely on each other so much is basically treat- is it's sort of treated as a joke but it might as well be real i guess is the best way to put it
0: so it's um, kind of the it's it, it's the sort of thing where a lot of people go haha they must be dating as like a joke thing or
1: uh no it's more like wow ota i rely on you so much i wish you were i wish you were my husband <laughs> But,
0: <laughs>
1: but also there's like an edge of reality to that and it's okay. uh, between them it's very much a will they won't they sort of thing i guess um, and The
0: slide whistle plays. yeah
1: <laughs> and but then there's two other characters Miano and etchizen um who basically have who are in a relationship but it's the series skirts around it a lot um uh, those
0: are two ladies yes
1: okay but i think it's okay because one of them is a really immature character like Miana's is a really excited like little girl character even though she's the same age as all the other ones she's just really short Um, okay and it makes sense for her to not realize that she is in love with etchison
0: okay
1: uh and in that sense i think it's it's good they have a good relationship in the at first it seems like it's gonna be like oh they're gonna
0: very baby
1: yeah yes Yes, but then eventually, I think it really becomes more clear that there is something there, they just don't realize it themselves yet. Okay. And that's good. Um, and it, it was charming. It, it was presented really well. Uh, it looked fantastic, I think. Animation was on point the whole way through.
0: That's weird, because Silverlink um,
1: usually sucks. Silverlink does usually suck, yeah. But This is... Um, I guess they they had the time or the money or a combination of both or or the
0: fact that a, a person sleeping is very easy to animate. It is
1: easy to animate, but there are, are a lot of parts where they put a lot of uh, a lot of effort into the animation and a lot of um, a lot of thought and creativity into it too. Like there's a lot there's a lot of neat stuff. Like for example, I think I actually got two jokes mixed up earlier. But for example, there's a part where um, two characters are talking about who might have done something. And it's like, could it could it have been Miano, the little excited girl? And it's like, no, that doesn't make sense. This wouldn't be something she'd be able to pull off. And then, uh, like, a pog of her, like, screaming rolls across the screen. And it's yeah, they just find a lot of... They're very creative with their gags. Okay. Yeah.
0: That's cool. It's a hear. lovable
1: little show and I highly recommend it.
0: Cool. I accidentally put this second one on the list twice, so let's ignore it for a while. Oh, okay. And talk about the other slice-of-life comedy series, I, Flying Witch.
1: Okay. You start.
0: I liked Flying Witch a lot. Me too. It was really good. And I I, I, I want to bring this up on the podcast. You, I think at some point said that it wasn't that it didn't do anything for you. Yeah. But it was, you You didn't, I don't think you got something out of it. I did get something out said.
1: of it, but I had to really work to keep watching it. Okay. Um, and that...
0: So I feel like you said the same thing about Snow White with the red hair.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's the exact same idea. Yeah. Okay. But then I went back to it,
0: and I think it it handles its own way of slice of life comedy in its own way, and it's very good about
1: it. Yeah, I think even I think calling it a comedy is actually wrong. There there are jokes, but they're more like they're not really jokes. They're just kind of like goofs, just character characters being a little silly.
0: Yeah, I mean it it describes itself. I think as comedy. Okay.
1: Okay. Well then. Yeah.
0: But there are, I think there are some really good stories told there, like the cafe one. Yeah. Even though it's two episodes, like, things happen there and they're different for each episode. Mm-hmm. And, like, t- just, like, the 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 little sister character is maybe a little too pervasive for how kind of annoying she is.
1: She, I don't find her annoying, but she is, um...
0: She's pervasive. She is least. very
1: pervasive and she is a little bit not a real character. She is there to be the cute little sister for the most part. And a reactionary. She is very reactionary, yeah. And she's, there, are, um, there
0: are moments with her that are still charming, though. Yeah. It's just I think the rest of the cast kind of outclasses her in terms of, like, good characters for that set.
1: Yeah, all the other characters have more depth. Uh, she's, like, uh, she the thing about her is that she's always cute and she's always excited, even in situations where maybe it makes more sense for her to be confused or scared. Yeah. Because it's always nice to have a, a cute little girl being excited around yeah. And that's the idea I guess they I have guess.
0: um oh goodness I'm going to mess up all the character names is it uh I the the pigtail girl the one with the braids
1: <laughs> I don't
0: know <laughs> I'm ugh. really But you know what? Uh, I'm going to look up I know this yes, real...
1: the the friend
0: Yeah, the friend who is basically there to be that sort of like uh reaction Yeah, dirty.
1: there's the stick the stick in the mud the outside anchor.
0: Yeah, it's it's definitely this case of like she's there to be like Oh this is kind of weird actually. Like the like the the episode where they're doing cooking. Yeah. I really liked that episode. That was a good
1: episode. Uh, it, it was very distracting though cuz all the classmates in the background were uh, 3D models.
0: And they didn't move enough so it's now maybe they didn't by move the way. at all. now. Okay. But um yeah, they didn't they didn't move at all and so sometimes it didn't pop up as much but when it did it really did. Yeah. But that episode was uh great because it's like it it is not magical, but there are magical elements to it that help it stand out, like the whole, like, witch's finger cookie thing. Yeah. Which I think is a really funny gag, where they, they build up this whole thing, and it's like, oh, you know, oh, this it's supposed to be for good luck and stuff, so while we cook all our other food, we'll take care of this. And then it comes out, and there's this weird, like, grotesque, realistic finger that they've got <laughs> yeah. baked there, it's like, I don't want to eat that anymore. And then, she, like, the Makoto tries to offer it to other people, and they're like, is that, a, is that just a finger? And so it's it, it, there are charming moments that, or the fact that they just forget to make rice because they're so caught up in kind of teaching now how to cook. Yeah. Like these very, like, not really punchlines because there's no setup, but these, like, realizations to their lives that are like, oh, okay. Yeah. You know, that's, or the, and like, just parts of when they really get into the magic are cool, like the, the whale.
1: Mm-hmm. I think that might be what ended up um, sort of pulling me back into the show is that, there was Is that more whale little, no, not the whale segment, but in general, just the little magic vignettes about magic. There were more of those mm-hmm. in the back half of the show than there were in the first half, and I liked those a lot.
0: Yeah, like the uh, I don't remember if this was during the first half, but the like the one where they make those candies, candies, or the like the treats, where it's like they magically possess those like pocky sticks. Oh, right, yeah. So everything becomes hilarious, or everything becomes really sad.
1: I think that was the second half. Yeah.
0: Okay, and then like the da- the dad eats all of them <laughs> and just can't stop, and like for hours is just like going between laughing and crying all the time. Same. And it's 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 pretty great.
2: Yeah, like,
0: and or like the the one where they're farming and just like picking stuff, and just like the little girl's like, "Ah, this is cool. I want to be a ninja when I grow up because I'm up in the trees doing cool stuff." It's like, "Don't you want to be a witch? I'll be a witch ninja." Whoa! And it's like really charming, and also uh. I Because it seemed like the Crunchyroll subs didn't want to stick to, like, giving the dad a very thick southern accent, I decided to check out some other subs for the show. And
1: uh-huh. that
0: is impenetrable in, in one particular subgroup because they go so hard on this, like, Yaldiv kind of thing where uh-huh. it's, like, a lot of contractions and, like, <laughs> broken sort of, like, English in the subtitles. <laughs> I had this issue with um, Dimension W, too, where I looked it up because... Someone very clearly had an accent, they didn't want to sub it, and someone subbed it as Australian-American. Oh, good. <laughs> and so it's just, like, 50% slang that you kind of have to, like, take a second. What the fuck are they talking Probably about? a
1: domino mate, 8-on-8? Eight eight.
0: Yeah, right. And then I think the, the way it ends
1: is kind of the perfect way to end it. Um, I wasn't super into the final episode, because it's like... It, this is something that we've started to see more and more with shows that have to wrap something up before the source material ended. It's like, oh, let's drive by all the stuff we've seen one more time. I I I found that kind of charming. It is though. charming, but it's becoming a little common now and it's sort of it's okay. losing its the this, this special feeling that it once had. But I
0: also like the end where it's like those all those fish pop up and they're having a little party and it's like, oh, you know, you have to it it kind of ends where it's like, oh, this is where you have to tell everything that you've been doing back to the witch group yeah. or whatever. The, the, fish part, the fish part, that was really good. I like that a lot. Yeah, and then I think the, the way that it kind of blends into the ending and everything with the, you know, I have the, to, to, I have a lot to tell to these people and it's been a great time here. Yeah. Kind of thing. Good. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, a, I, I found it just a really charming, like, series. Even if it was a little slow at times. It, I think there were definitely some empty parts where yeah, it didn't happen. I to. think
1: the the gardening part not the part you mentioned earlier, but the one where they're but planting the, one where the garden?
0: They're, yeah, where they're planting their own garden.
1: That was by far the series' weak point, as far as I'm concerned.
0: Yeah, like, there are definitely some parts that are just a little too slow. Mm-hmm. And, but I think on a whole, it hits more than it misses. It does. Because it does have a very good sense of how to make those things, because I'm sure reading the manga, it's going to be a little faster paced, but making that slow pace work. Yeah. In terms of the anime, a lot of times made it really good. Mm-hmm. Like again, that cafe scene is two episodes, but there's a lot happening in there. There is, yeah. Like figuring out how to get in there and meeting the ghost and talking to that fox.
1: I like I like the cafe scene a lot. I think my favorite parts of the show were definitely when we were getting little insights into the magic world. So there's the cafe part, there's the um there's the whale part, there's when we whenever we talk to the to the harbinger, all that stuff. Yeah. I like it because it's just um It's just a creative, like, own, like, little thing, little idea of what magic is. And I like that it's always just normal. Like, I like that even for the characters to who this is completely new, it's just a little weird.
0: Yeah, because the magic isn't a spectacle. Yeah. That's just, that's really cool, I think. Yeah. And... Uh, yeah, it's just, I, I liked it a lot. And
1: I like that all the magic was friendly. There was never a magic character who was, like, a big rude dude. Like, even all the cafe people are, like, okay with the fact that they're kind of being stared at and that the human characters are really yeah. curious about it. It, it never. The...
0: <laughs> I like the ladybug scene a lot. <laughs> yeah, that was cute. <laughs> Where it's like, oh, you get good luck if you catch it. And so they're just <laughs> going at these ladybugs who are just trying to enjoy their meal.
1: <laughs> so rude. Yeah, I just like that it, ne- it never had to get uh, get dragged down into anything darker even a little bit. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It was it was it was a good feel-good sort of show. Yeah. I loved it. Huh. Yeah. Uh next up. Not similar at all. So I I counted this season because the last part came out this season. Okay. I decided to binge watch uh Mobile Suit Gundam Thunderbolt. And why did you decide to do that? Because, well, first of all, it's only four parts, so it's a lot easier to get into than literally anything else in Gun. Okay. It's a four OVA thing, oh, okay. and each OVA is like 20 minutes. Okay. Including credits. So, like, and also it's, it, it is heavily musical.
1: Trying to get into that Macross money, I see.
0: No, not, not in that way. But, like, each side of the army has a genre to it. Okay. And in how they handle their fights. So, um... I don't know a lot about Gundam, so I'm gonna try to set this up as easily as possible from what I can get. Okay. This particular part of the universe had a, um... Had, like, one of those Dyson spheres. Or not Dyson spheres, like the... The livable space colony that's, like, a a tube.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um... I I know exactly what you're talking about, yeah.
0: Yeah, so... And had one of those. And at some point, uh, the, the... So there's, like, the Earth Federal Army or whatever. Yeah. And then there's the Zeons who are the bad human-esque characters. And the Zeons came in and just, like, fucking destroyed this thing in a fight. So what's left here, and it's it's a part of space that is, like, because of all the debris, a lot of, like, uh, thunder phenomena happens in space. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of storm kind of stuff. Okay. And so... It it very much seems like this is a this has been a long going battle between these two particular sets of people, because there's kind of the Earth group who slowly just tons of people have been killed on there. So like people are constantly moving up ranks when they're not ready, and they constantly have to bring in kid soldiers that they send We're off. When the robots fight, that inevitably die because someone has to pilot the robots.
1: I guess. But um.
0: And then on the other side is like, it, it's all the people from Xeon who have some sort of like, uh, artificial limb.
2: Uh huh.
0: Either their legs or their arms or both. And I don't remember what they refer to them, but it's basically they refer to them as like the leftovers army kind of thing. Like, it's very much the army where people who are disabled go. Oh. Because it's very heavily into sort of sniper tactics. Wow. It's, it's a weird, hmm. it's weird. I don't know if I, I mean, it's not leftovers. It's not that crude.
2: Uh huh.
0: But it's very obviously they've made this army for people so that they can learn how to snipe because they've built these like neural, um, registers into the robot so they can better control it than if they just had like feet and legs. Okay. But it's still a very non-mobile unit. And so the Earth Force keeps like, throwing people at the at this army to try to break through their like sniper thing but the snipers keep shooting them down because they clearly have the advantage when people are just running at them because they're the best yeah and so when do the robots come into this they fight with robots robot snipers oh okay okay yeah they're they are they are gundam snipers all right they're like doms or something i think is what they're called but It is, I think, in four episodes, the most distilled version of any Gundam story you can get. Mm -hmm. War is bad, and war really fucks people up.
1: But it's sweet when the big robots
0: fight, am I right, everybody? Well, okay, so then it comes to... So our main character on the Earth side is named E.O. Fleming, and he is the biggest jackass. Yeah, okay. Like, he is just a, a huge jackass, and I think he does it in a way because he's fucking sick of fighting but when he fights and he like gets to move around it it gives him this sort of like ecstasy that nothing else does uh-huh and his his like music thing is free jazz
1: that's it, that is very much a microcosm of what Gundam is and i think that's interesting
0: so when he fl- so when he's flying around he's kind of chaotic about it and he really likes just moving and it's like he's it so free jazz plays and that's like his thing okay and meanwhile, the group on the other end, who's, like, doing the sniping and very slow sort of stuff, is all, like, kind of doo sort of, like, very early jazz. Uh-huh. Kind of, it gives that sort of feel of, like, you're just waiting for an enemy, kind of the calm before the storm sort of thing. And as it switches between these two perspectives, because on the Xeon side, there's Daryl, who's, like, the the elite sniper of their group. Okay. Like, he's just the best of the best. Right. And, um, and it's just like this back and forth, like whoever has the focus, their music plays and you get to see how that plays into how they fight. Mm-hmm. And just like all the, it's just, it feels the most distilled you can get with a Gundam story because everyone is fucked up. The person who's in charge of the Earth army is like, is like does drugs because they can't handle the like responsibility of sending these people out to die. And everyone hates and like everyone, under her in that like in the director's group hates that and kind of wants her to die
2: <laughs> okay
0: and and everyone hates eo fleming and wants him to die in battle like he has he has sort of like this illicit relationship with the, the acting captain but she hates him and everyone else hates him and just wants him to die so they keep sending him as the pilot cuz he's also the top-ranking pilot right now hoping that he'll die <laughs> Does he ever die? At the end, everyone... No, so at the end, kind of... At... So at the climax of this fight, they've built this neural thing for Daryl because he loses his um, arms in a fight with EO. Uh, okay. Because EO gets a sweet Gundam that has four shields. Nice. Super shield Gundam that can, like, block a lot more of the shots. So he gets in and kind of his hectic style is too much for a lot of the snipers. Uh-huh. And he, like, and he fight and he ends up, like, taking off both of Daryl's arms, and he, Daryl gets a neural thing where he inserts his body into this Gundam and can control with his mind, which makes him a lot better at piloting. Because he doesn't have to worry about the, the like, delay of movement for his hands right, or arms, right. yeah. or legs. And so it's this huge fight back and forth because both of them are, <laughs> both of them have done shit to the other in, in a way that has, like, made them both just hate each other. Yeah. And so it's this back and forth, and finally, by the end, like, most of both armies have died in the chaos of these Gundams and everything. And at the end, it's like, EO gets captured, because he's just not quite good enough, compared to Daryl. And Daryl walks into him in his, like, interrogation room, and they get the little thing about, like, yeah, war fucking sucks, but when you pilot the Gundam, you feel alive in a way that nothing else does. So war is going to continue to happen because it gives this weird ecstasy to people.
1: That is like, that is
0: extremely on the nose. And that is the end. That ends it. So I don't, I, I liked it a lot. I liked a lot of the theming it did and the the way it played with music and stuff. But it reminds me of all the reasons I also don't watch Gundam.
1: Yeah, I, I do.
0: I, I rolled my eyes a lot like you get like it there is a lot of cool stuff that happens in gundam but the theming and the story of it and like what it tries to say is really what turns me off
1: i'm honestly shocked that they would let a gundam show go out there with the message all this sucks but we're gonna do it anyway because gundams are sweet that's
0: that's kind of the idea is like there is, there is a feeling you don't get besides being able to pilot this robot with everything you have. Yeah. And it's, it's just so, it's so weird and it's off-putting in a way because you don't want to root for anyone. Like, I feel like other Gundams definitely have more clearly defined good guys and bad guys. Mm-hmm. But the way they've built up, like, the long war aspect of this where everyone is just sick of it and kind of just wants everything to end, gives off this very vibe of, like, I don't want anyone to win. Because everyone is kind of fucked up. And, yeah, it just reminds me of everything that makes me not want to watch Gundam series. You know who properly. is
1: winning? Who? Sunrise. You're right. When, when I say that, put up a little graphic of Sunrise's net income from last year, okay. and then cut out that I said any of this, because that'll be funny. Okay.
0: And and then play the next Files. Yeah. No, but um, yeah, it's like I, I I I liked it, but I would never watch another Gundam thing. Okay. I think. Yeah. Besides Build Fighters and maybe because Build G-Gundam. Fighters is I I hear a lot of things about G Gundam that make it different. Maybe I'll look into it.
1: Yeah. I mean, we watched that. We watched the final scene of the first episode, right?
0: Yeah. It ruled. That's a really no, good but joke. It's, it's it definitely comes off as this thing. Like I the the way that it handles war is not what I'm into. I would rather just watch, like, Build Fighters where they just build Gundams and their kids who have to do that.
1: And they're having a good time, yeah. Um, Yeah. I am of the opinion... It feels like Gundam... Oh, sorry, go ahead. I'm of the opinion that there's nothing too silly uh, or grand to not make something real out of it. But I don't understand why they do that with Gundam every time.
0: Yeah, because it feels like... All of Gundam is about how disgusting war is.
1: Yeah. And that seems disingenuous when you're also trying to sell these sweet, colorful toys.
0: Yeah, like, that's why I think Bill Fighter resonates better, is this sense of, like, yeah, these are kids playing with really cool toys. And yeah, these toys are sweet. Buy them. And, and, like, that, and it plays with that fact, like, it's like oh, this guy keeps breaking one particular arm off because of some weird technique he has, so I'm just going to fill my arm full of glue so that it sticks so hard that (laughs) nothing... Like, first of all, I can't move it. I can't move the joints, so I'm just going to have to swing it wildly. But also, he won't break my damn arm. And that's that's really cool, honestly. Yeah. Or they have, like, a racing thing where they're like, here's a whole bunch of ways you can mod your Gundam for racing. Build it. And we're going to have a race.
1: So PSA, if you're going to watch Gundam, watch Build Fighters.
0: Yeah, I honestly. And I, if, that's you, want, how and if you want
1: more, watch LBX, because that's all right, too.
0: Yeah, it's, it, but yeah, uh, I, I enjoyed my time with Thunderbolt, but I'm glad it was only four episodes. <laughs> I'm glad it's over. Is ultimately how it comes out. Yeah. And uh, this last one I wanted to talk about only because of the... Uh, have you heard anything about the ending to Kumamiko?
1: No. I have absolutely no idea.
0: Okay. So this this is something that caused some extreme backlash.
1: Oh, shoot. Are we talking... Oh, never mind. I was gonna do a wrestling joke. Carry on.
0: So, Kumamiko um, is about a girl who wants to be go into society, even though she lives out in the country with these bears and stuff. Yeah, right? Right. So... That's the that's her whole arc is it's everyone learning to accept that not everyone wants to be kind of in the role that they've been assigned to. Yeah. Okay. But by the end, okay, so I, if I understand correctly, the author was not particularly happy with the way he handled the ending of the manga. Oh no. Which no, it was it was a it was a it was a good ending for everyone.
1: No, I mean I mean oh no, and yeah. I already don't like where this is going.
0: It, it it was a good ending, but he didn't quite like how things wrapped up so anime decides okay. to do an original ending this original ending has it so at some point um, the girl Machi does a like performance of her like shrine stuff at in the town yeah. that she lives near and at some point she like hallucinates that all of them are really mean and like throw blocks and shit at her huh. and so she runs back to her bear friend who and uh, Natsu and is like I don't ever want to go back there again because this horrible thing, I, I believe this horrible thing happened to me. And instead of not to being like, that's not what happened, it's okay. He goes, ah, this works into my plan the whole time, which was to make it so that she doesn't want to leave. And so he takes advantage of the fact that she's like had this traumatic experience or believes that she has and uses it to be like, okay, well, she's never going to leave ever again and reverts all the character development of every character for the past 11 episodes.
1: You know what also did that? What? The Hannah Montana movie? What the <laughs> Like, at the end of the Hannah Montana movie, she's putting up a performance, and the whole movie has been about if she really wants to live, live this double life, and if it's really the best for her. So she's okay. putting up this performance as a fundraiser to stop a mall from being build, built over farm ground. Uh-huh. And then sort of the pressure of performing this, like fake song becomes too much for her. And she takes off the wig and she's like, I don't want to live this double life anymore. And then everybody in the crowd's like, no, but we love Hannah Montana. And we promise if you put the wig back on, we won't tell anybody that you just bare to yourself in front of us. And we don't, we don't give a shit about how you feel as long as we get our pop music. And then she's like, okay. Yeah. And then she's like, okay. And then she performs uh, best of both worlds.
0: Okay. So that's, so, that's how Kumi goes. uh fans did not like it no I'm the glad. Uh, the original author did not like I'm it I' am really glad to the to the point where apparently there was so much derision that the uh the the episode director or writer for that episode mm-hmm. had to close down both his Twitter and his Facebook oh that's a little unfortunate that's a little unfortunate how deep that is, but yeah no I, as far as I can tell, no one liked how this ended up panning out. But it was like a huge huge thing because of how backwards it was to the rest of the messages that is uh, that is like some straight up for vendetta movie stuff and and apparently they like redid the uh the ending song to have new lyrics about how like she's totally fine living where she is now and not knowing anything about technology oh
1: my god yeah I don't, that's terrible
0: yeah i I just wanted to bring it up because of how just how big it was of like a huge flop
1: i am shocked that i never heard anything about this i bet that sold a
0: lot of manga though for people who are dissatisfied with that anime. oh my god do you think they were in cahoots the whole time no okay i don't think so with how the author came i was like that was super cruel right but uh, maybe the writer, but, he's doing that but then
1: he's like standing next to a curtain and behind the curtain he's like shaking hands with the <laughs> anime a, a thumbs up
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no but i don't think so okay I think that's a level of something that wouldn't happen.
1: No, I, I agree. That is, yeah.
0: Yeah. So that's
1: that. I don't think a, a director would ever willingly throw himself under the bus like that either.
0: Yeah. So that's, I just wanted to bring that up because that's just just a, that was such a weird experience to go like, oh my God. That's amazing. Yeah. I love it. That's a great story. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Even if it's terrible.
0: Yeah. It's a terrible story, but it's just fascinating. Yeah. I think. But um yeah, that's all the anime. hmm So I wanna so let's let's look back on this. We started out with a lot more anime than this. We did. And we dropped a lot. We did we dropped a lot. But you know I was ultimately I think I was pretty happy with Spring.
1: Uh, we ended up with a, a, a decent lineup, I think.
0: Yeah, I think Spring had a lot of had a couple shows that were like kind of guaranteed to hit in a way. You think? Like we we had JoJo's.
1: Okay, yeah. Okay. We had My
0: Hero Academia. Yeah. We and we and those two were like more or less guaranteed to be good because they were based on things that were just like hugely popular. Yeah. And I think a lot of the stuff that we came out liking is a lot of the stuff that is a little more wild card. Yeah, totally. Like Tanaka.
1: Mm-hmm. And Joker game, I think.
0: Yeah, like Joker game, like because we because. Before this, I hadn't heard of a mod of these things, even if they were things that had been, you know, had popularity in Japan. Yeah. Like, or like t- Tonkatsu DJ. Like, there are just things in here. Or like, even how much I enjoyed Kabaneri, ultimately.
2: hmm
0: Like, I would have never expected that, given I never really got into Attack on Titan or super got the appeal of it. There's some core to Kabaneri that really hit.
1: Yeah. I, and I, I very very much went into Tanaka-kun and Space Patrol Luluco thinking the odds of this being good are just as good as the odds of this being bad. If not, we're lower.
0: Right, and everyone, and I think a lot of people loved Space Patrol Luluco coming yeah. out of it. And like, I had heard okay things about Flying Witch, but I didn't expect it to be something that I kept up with as much as I did.
1: Yeah, originally, it actually took me a while before I decided to watch it in the first place.
0: Yeah. And so it's just, I think I I think this was uh, besides my apparently imp- opinion on my oiga, and only my opinion. That's fine. Too. No other human being, <laughs> yeah, except for Jordan. Like I feel like I came out having watched some things that even though I wouldn't have before, mm-hmm. I came out with some pretty good stuff. Yeah, me too. And stuff that I could recommend it's it was it was a cool sort of season
1: it was a fine season
0: yeah i feel like uh we talked about this a little last time but it feels like summer is a lot more of that it doesn't feel like there there's one or two like breakout new things happening it feels like a lot more of kind of the we'll figure out if this is good once we watch it yeah you know
1: and it's been um it's been pretty good so far i've only i've watched three shows and it's two out of three for yeah we're, we're
0: recording uh this after uh the first weekend of new anime yeah and i've watched four and have come up with po- like very positive feelings about them of three of them and it's and that's cool yeah that's cool to see is like early on it's like there's there's some real potential here mm-hmm. and i'm and i like that i like that a lot i like it too just like i like anime yeah, I love anime. It's great. You can watch it with your mm-hmm. eyes.
1: Yep, I do it all the time.
0: Yeah. So before we go, I have some uh, fan mail. Oh, I'd right. Like okay. Yeah. So first up is a response to something uh, that we said in the last uh, episode. Okay. Which is about the, the art club is a problem. Yeah. And so, this is friend of the show, QB, who's writing in saying that the art club anime is actually slightly less skeevy than the first impression. Because the first chapter reveals uh, he's using the anime waifu thing to cover up the fact that he likes the main girl. And the main girl very clearly likes him. Okay. But he still does it, and it's a big part of the show. Hmm. But uh, he goes on later to say that it's one of the few rom coms where he feels that both leads generally like each other and are friends that don't hate the other one or other people that they hang out with and, like, they feel like they have a genuine relationship to it. Okay. And so, like, and that seems very rare in a way for, like, shoujo sort of, like, romances kind of like this. I know this isn't quite shoujo, but, like, these sorts of romances tend to be kind of weird and it's hard to find a very, like, genuine couple. Yeah. And that's what he's saying is, like, at least for a while, kept him reading the manga until, like, I guess something else came up. But it's like, at least it's not the sort of skeevy interpretation that it comes off as. That is good. Because it's a bad read, and it sounds like ultimately it's probably still not going to be the sort of thing that I'm into, mm-hmm. but it's it's good to hear that it's better than initial impressions would imply.
1: Yeah. In a similar vein, uh, it is my understanding that real life isn't as deplorable as its premise makes it sound. Yeah,
0: I hear it's a lot less romantic, which I think is kind of my bigger issue with it. I've
1: heard this from people who have already watched all 13 episodes available now on Crunchyroll.
0: Okay, yeah, so let's talk about that real quick. Um, Apparently, the TV broadcast is still happening, as usual, for 13 episodes, but they already streamed all 13 episodes in Japanese, and so they just gave Crunchyroll the right to put all all thirteen episodes of life.
1: And apparently it got leaked too, and that's what kind of forced their hand.
0: Uh, from what I understand, that's not true, and that the actual streaming site that does it in Japanese was just like, oh, we had it all done. Because if it were leaked, would all the episodes be done?
1: I mean, if all the episodes are done anyway,
0: yeah, okay. then why not put it out? This is kind of a,
1: I guess, that's true.
0: But it's still it's still a weird thing. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I, I hear that real life is better than that. It still comes off as sort of this. It still comes off as kind of uncomfortable. But I'm glad to hear it's not quite as like a 27 year old praise on 16 year old. Yeah, kind of thing.
1: It's it, it is still apparently very wish fulfillment e.
0: Right. Which I mean, that's not terrible. Things are wish fulfillment all the time. Yeah. Kind of. But I probably still won't look into it. No, me neither. But but yeah, again, it's good to hear that things aren't quite. As bad as they might read. It's always good when
1: something doesn't sink to triage X levels and is instead, okay.
0: Yeah. It's all right. It's going to be okay. Yeah. I like, if I start dropping things, maybe I'll check out an episode of the art club anime. Like that one is like, if I, if I find myself with free time, maybe I'll look at this kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So and we have one other uh, letter. When we got, um, a little while back that we'd forgotten to read. Okay. I'd forgotten to read. Uh, what's up, Chorps and the gang? It's ya boy here. That's right. It's high as shit, Pabstus. Yo, was wondering something as I was mind-scanning my DMs with my very many lady friends. What is... I, I can't read... What is the hypest munchy munchy in anime? <laughs> Jesus Christ. He's basically asking what snacks you eat when you, uh... When you... Uh, watch anime. Lately, I have um... Oh, th- also, he gives his uh, at on Twitter, which is God of Pussy Discretions 660. <laughs> Alright. Um, <laughs> great. Thank you.
1: <laughs> Lately, I have been um... I have finally reached through rigorous dieting and exercise. I've finally reached the weight that I want to be at. 30 pounds. So now it's finally time for me to throw it all away and eat garbage all the time. Right. Uh, so now once a week, uh, I go out and buy a bag of nachos at the local convenience store,
0: because I found now, out you, that the rolling... only your nachos are not the same thing as an American nacho, so you mean like Doritos? I mean chips. like Doritos, yes, sorry. Okay. Um, are they like nacho cheese? Uh, the ones I get are basically
1: or... like Cool Ranch, I think. But it's been a while. Are they
0: Cool American? Because yeah, apparently that's the European term That is what it's called, it.
1: it's called Cool American.
0: <laughs>
1: um, and I, I, I'm doing this because they're only 50 cents a bag, which is a great deal.
0: That's and you're talking like an average, like a good sized bag. This is not like a, a fun there's size. 200
1: grams in a bag, so it's, yeah, probably what you'd expect from a regular. I say it's about the okay. same size as a Doritos bag, and then maybe even okay. a little bit more full. And they're damn good. And I eat them while watching anime, and then I drink okay. iced tea along with that. Okay,
0: cool. What about you? Um, I don't have a designated snack because I watch anime at all weird times. Yeah, like at my- work. <laughs> Like weird just still tone no, but um it's it it's not like I have a set thing that I always eat kind of thing, yeah. and i I don't even know if I usually eat while I watch anime because like I have to pay attention, I have to like read words uh-huh. that's hard, I mean, just in general, right, but I think um if i'm if I'm in my prime <laughs> if I'm in my prime conditions for anime watching uh-huh, peak anime watching times, right. I'm on, I'm on the couch. I got my feet up. Uh, I got a, an ice cold Pepsi by me. I think that's about it. I think I would just drink a Pepsi. If, if okay. I'm like primo anime watching. I don't really eat. Maybe maybe if I'm late at night doing it, I'll have a, a, like a candy. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Candy's pretty cool.
1: I, uh, sometimes I'll be eating breakfast or dinner. While watching anime as well,
0: yeah, you, you talked about that before. I think is you make a you make a meal and you enjoy a, a easy to watch anime, a with good
1: old it. anime, yeah. Right. Because good I have to anime dot com. I got to do something. if I do eat dinner at my computer, I gotta have be just. It's gotta be a hand. What I'm doing on the computer has to be a hands off experience because I'm worried otherwise right. that the keyboard might get gross.
0: Right, you're gonna get uh, Cheetos all over the keyboard. No, but right, Doritos. but when it's
1: dinner, so it's like I'm afraid something might fall off my plate. Right, or my fingers might get a little bit dirty somehow, and then that is going to touch the keyboard, and all none of that's no good. So I got to be like an entire something. bowl
0: of rice is going to get under your. keyboard. You never know
1: what happens, man. No yeah. matter how careful you are while eating at your computer, there's always going to crumbs are always going to end up at in the keyboard, and I don't understand why because my food is on a rung lower than my keyboard always, but somehow <laughs> crumbs still end up in my keyboard from time to time. It's because
0: you're laughing so hard at anime that you spit it yeah. out right into your keyboard. Yeah, I guess so. Somehow you spit it underneath your keyboard immediately.
1: Actually my keyboard situation is not that bad now I think about it, but it's something that I know a lot other people have a lot of trouble with. Like my mother. Yeah. A lot of ash gets into my mother's keyboard. What? Because she she smokes a lot.
0: Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just I just wasn't sure where that Okay. That makes a lot of sense. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um I guess if I do snack, usually it's on like a like a vanilla wafer. Nice. Or a cheese? It
1: <laughs> a single one.
0: Those are my, those are my two primo Uh
1: How do you feel about? I feel about mac and cheetos.
0: How do you feel about mac and cheetos? I've heard about the mac and cheeto, and from what I understand, it is not a um, it's not like a cheeto filled with mac and cheese. Like it's not that consistency. Oh, apparently it's like a very light um, like uh, mozzarella cheese stick. Mm, okay, but like they they like brush the cheeto cheese dust on it. <laughs> and it's filled with okay. nine cheese, which I mean like, I I feel like that is more acceptable. It's still a symbol of the decadence of but the I 21st century
1: Western society as far as I'm I concerned. Made,
0: I made my mistake eating the Doritos loaded and I'm not going to make the same mistake. Was that here. the Doritos taco thing? No, I eat a lot of those because I have a problem. I don't actually eat a lot of those. I eat a lot of those on one particular day, the Dolo Throdo. <laughs> right. But, um... But no, that's that was the it was it was a it was a mozzarella cheese stick, basically, but filled with like cheddar cheese. And it was shaped like a Dorito, and on the outside it had that Dorito dust of nacho cheese on it.
1: That fairy dust as they call it. And it was bad. Are, are we was... talking like power glove bad or Michael Jackson bad? <laughs>
0: We're talking bad to the boat no um the the issue with it more than anything else is not that I drove home with it, meaning that it stopped it started losing its heat rapidly. It was in fact that the two cheeses are not similar
2: uh-huh
0: so so it's it's kind of like you have i don't know, let's say you got a cheddar cheese and you just like drop a craft singles on it. That's not a good experience for either cheese, okay. I don't eat cheese, but I'll take your word. But like, uh, just imagine two things with very distinctly different flavors going into your yeah, mouth, that... and they're like just similar enough to make you uncomfortable by the fact that they're not similar enough. Okay, I'm with you. Yeah, that doesn't yeah, sound very really good. You, you get what I'm getting. At. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that that's the experience of the Doritos loaded, and I don't want that again. I I have better things to do with my single dollar.
1: Like buy a s an eighth of the monthly subscription to Crunchyroll,
0: right? Or buy a one fifteenth uh, a subscription to Japan Crate, which sends me candy that I eat sometimes. I gotta tell you, some some Japanese candy are weird.
1: I'm aware of that. I watched like two episodes of the Gashikashi. <laughs>
0: yeah, no, I I actually got one of the rock paper scissors um candies that they show in the Gashikashi. I, I, right, yeah, and they are super sticky. Oh. Like, getting them out of the packaging is a is a trial. Do you
1: think they were supposed to be like that, or did they melt on the way over?
0: I think I... Because this is from, like, last month. Probably it was long enough that it just got very sticky on the packaging. Yeah, side. I bet. But it was cola-flavored. I think cola-flavored candies are um, underrepresented. Because uh, some of them are good. I'm down with them. Uh, over here we have these big
1: cases of gummies. Uh, that have okay. like all sorts of different stuff in them, and some of them are cola flavored ones that are shaped like cola bottles.
0: Yeah, like uh, we have that, and that's uh, from a company called Harry. Oh yeah,
1: them. we have those too. Uh, okay, yeah, but that, that's the particular brand that I. Okay. Yeah, um, and I, I yeah. like those, even though I don't, I don't like Coke anymore. It's too sweet. It's too overwhelming. But I like Coke flavored things.
0: Okay. I see. I like Pepsi, which just means I love sugar. Anyway, so. next
1: time on Coke Disaster,
0: <laughs> we talk about our opinions on uh, soda beverages. Yeah.
1: Can can you guys believe that Chorps likes Pepsi? What a what a goon! <laughs> what a
0: Dumbo! What a All right. What a dingus! Actually, there was one thing I found that was like really shocking. Uh huh. Which was like it's it's like a rice it's like a rice chip like a rice patty chip right kind of thing, but they they put like milk sugar on it like a like an icing made just of, like, milk and sweet cream. And it's the weirdest experience I've ever had. Things
1: that... List of bad things. Number one, big order. (laughs) Number two, two, things that are supposed to be salty being sweet.
0: I like salty and sweet things. Like, I like the Take 5 candy bar, which has just a pretzel shoved in it. But it is weird because it's not salty. It is just sweet. But then the... Whatever happens between the rice cake patty and the um the the sh- icing
2: mm-hmm.
0: leaves a powdery taste in the back of your mouth hmm. that makes you eat another one to so get rid of that because it it's it gives that kind of blandish rice patty flavor yeah. to all the powder so it's like you got to get that out of your mouth but then you eat another one and it's just worse that's
1: like that's like put that's like leaking acid onto your skin and then trying to wash it off with, with more, more acid,
0: acid. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's like gas putting gasoline on your body yeah it's like it's like
1: watching mirai and nikki and being like man that sucked i gotta get i gotta watch the bad taste of that out of my mouth <laughs> with some big and order. with some big order <laughs> uh, a big order of, a big order of doritos loco tacos yeah
0: as far as I understand, the 10-episode big order thing just ended with an anime original ending. Yeah. That was bad. That's not, yeah. All right. <laughs> what a surprise. What a surprise. What a surprise that this is bad. <sighs> oh, I can't believe it. Uh, uh, can you believe it? Sometimes anime is bad, but we watched a lot of good anime, we and did. I hope you're watching a lot of good anime, too. And eating good snacks. Yeah. Oh, actually, I did oh have one more thing to say before I leave. Sorry. It's okay. Uh, It was that I forgot about a series that I was going to watch because it got picked up. Which is an adapti- adaptation of Planetarian, the visual novel. Okay. Which is being done as a series of OVAs that Funimation picked up. Sweet. And like, I think the weird thing about it, so it's by Key. I've, I've talked about Key enough on here, but it's like, it is a kinetic novel. There is no choice to it. Right. So it's just a, it's it's basically you being guided through a story, and I think that fact makes it a good candidate for an anime. And David Pro is handling it, so I'm sure it's going to look nice. Sweet. And I'm just excited to see it, because I wouldn't have expected to get picked up.
1: Any words on any word on Hanobano Log yet?
0: I found RAWs of them, all of them. I, I haven't seen anyone willing to pick it up and translate it yet, though, but I will keep looking. I at guess
1: them. that means it's up to us. The first Chaco yeah. disaster original, well, not original.
0: Yeah, but we're going to do the 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 Yeah. And um Funimation licensed the new uh, Makoto Shinkai movie Your Name. Sweet. So that is coming out sometime this year, which I guess means that it will be within time for us to watch it for the the year. Yep. Because I was worried it wasn't going to get picked up, but if Funimation's licensed it, I'm sure it's going to come come out at least near release. I
1: bet it'll come on Blu-ray before
0: Death Parade. And then we can Find talk about time. it. Find out next time. I've been away. I've been Jordan. And here is the long-ass podcast where we talk about our anime opinions. Choco Disaster. Next time, we'll, uh, we'll give you a little uh, halfway point look at the shows that we decided to watch on summer. See you then. See ya.